Everybody and welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast. Your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Brittany Brumbacher. Hello. Sorry, I, I should have known. I know whenever we have a guest, I always go first, and I mistimed all of it. Hello. But you have a, fu- a fun goblet, and special guest Zombie Kills is here. Hello. Hey. It's so good to finally have you on an episode. I know that you and Britt had some fun times doing the live reacts to the Xbox Games Showcase today. Yeah. And I'm sorry I couldn't be there, but I was lurking in the chat. It was it was a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, my, I haven't laughed that hard in so fucking long. You are hilarious. And <sighs> Thank you, friend. I just want to talk to you forever. Yeah. Same. So, yeah, we, we were a, chatting we for quite a bit before we kicked recording off, and I was like, "Listen, we could stay, we could stay here all night, but we got to do the show, and then we can shoot the shit, everybody." But we're glad that you are here, whether it's your first episode or your 176th episode of What's Good Games. We're glad that you are joining us this week. We have just a couple announcements. If you missed our live watch along of the Xbox Games Showcase, and you want to see all of the announcements plus some awesome reactions from Zombie and Brittany, you can watch that at YouTube. <laughs> youtube.com slash what's good games or you can also catch the vod at twitch.tv slash what's good games speaking of twitch brianna and i are going to be streaming on saturday at 12 p.m pacific time we were going back and forth about what we wanted to play and i was like i feel like we just gotta play halo so i think that's what we're going to do we're going to dig into the master chief collection we haven't quite decided if we're going to go all the way back to combat evolved or if we're going to do something in the middle Uh, but we're going to be streaming some halo on saturday so if you guys want to join us that would be great and Brittany and I are making a special appearance on a Patreon show. We Ooh. are. We're going to be on the show up, which will be premiering live at 10.30 a.m. Pacific. And then I'm just assuming it's going to be uploaded to their YouTube channel sometime after that. It's going to be fun, it Andrea. Is. Yeah, you can also watch it on the Patreon YouTube channel. And there's some other great gaming creators that are going to be featured, including one, Tanya DePass. Oh, she's great. She's yes, fantastic. she is. Um, So hopefully you guys can catch that if you're interested in finding out what other creators are doing in the Patreon gaming space. But that's all we're going to do for announcements for this week because we want to get into the Xbox news. And I want to say thank you to our Patreon producers, Chewie's Godson, Alex Ogopoulos, Ferris Atay, Mohammed, Mohammed, Marcus Brown, Punctified, and Malay Bittner. And welcome to our Patreon community, Andrew Courtney, Ryan Verrill, Greg Karma, Johan Alvarez, Pete Coates, Mac Garrett, Taylor Solly, Stefan St. Mazolan Prime 6, Benny Bobo, and O.P. Teapot. So funny. An O.P. Teapot. What is an O.P. <laughs> teapot? Is it like an extra girthy teapot? They keep the water hot all the time. Yeah, it keeps the water hot all the time. (laughs) All the time. And also a huge shout out to a new podcast reviewer. Oh, God. Therese the Beast. I think I said that right. 
Yeah, Tr- Therese the Beast. Therese the Beast. I said Therese the Beast, but you know, yeah. it is what it is. Uh, Trip T, Ray, <laughs> what's up? Well, what's with this? UTAUT929, Loli231, and Big Bad Wolf 2027. <laughs> that sounds like the name of a new action adventure title. <laughs> Big Bad does. Wolf 2027. It does. it does. Critically acclaimed prequels of Cyberpunk 2077. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Thank you all so much for your podcast reviews. Again, I say it all the time. It really does help us, especially with the podcast algorithms. And that means more people find our show. We can introduce more people to the funny stuff. We appreciate you. Absolutely. And for those of you who may be still scratching, scratching your head like, but who is Zombie Kills? We haven't even talked about Oh. Who, who this person is yet don't worry yeah we are going to hopefully you guys did catch some of the twitch stream but zombie we have so much that we can deep dive into later on in the show oh, so much i'm prepared i've done stretches i've drank booze <laughs> let's ride let's ride oh yeah let's we had some it. good times before we did our live reacts today we were doing some shots you had mimosas with tequila we were doing yeah i'm pretty sure that's just called a tequila with orange juice but whatever oh fair <laughs> And this stuff was like it's close. It's close. You throw a little grenadine in there, and you've got yourself a tequila sunrise. Look at uh, that. But I've actually never tried a mimosa with a, like a little tequila. Spike. Just a little splash in there. Just a little. You know, I had to take the edge off of nothing because I'm literally sitting at home relaxing, having a good time. But you know, whatever. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. So it sounded good. I wanted to take the edge off of it. No, you were just enjoying yourself, which I think is perfectly reasonable. But I was curious, uh, what kind of tequila do you prefer in your mimosa? Do you go Blanco? You go Reposado? I go Patron Silver all the way. Okay, classic. All the way. It's good. Patron, I can just drink straight and make poor life choices all day. All day. Yes. It's one of those tequilas that you can find pretty much everywhere now. And so I feel like it's what a a staple spirit that, you know, you can always rely on. I've always been a vodka girl, but I've recently moved over to tequila and I'm not looking back, (laughs) y'all. Oh, welcome to the tequila family. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a time and a place for a really nice vodka martini with some. Oh, I just like plain vodka. Like, I just like vodka with a little ice. Like, Maybe a splash, a squeeze of lemon, but like I, I'm a, I'm a serious drinker. <laughs> like oh, I don't, no. I don't you're come speak, to mess you're around. To two very serious. Drinkers. You know what I'm saying, y'all? This like I just, I come here. Beautiful friendship. Yeah, I just come here because I'm like, if the roof's gonna be off, we're gonna take it all the way off. That's <laughs> how I feel about it. Oh, I feel like you're speaking our love language. I don't know. I feel like you guys are my long lost siblings and I didn't even know it. I didn't even know what I was missing until today. Like, oh. Oh. Here so we are. Good. Well, we definitely will have to have some some tequila sipping in our future. I'm glad that Brittany is finally deviating a little bit from her, her bourbon and whiskey regimen to enjoy some tequila as well. I am. I'm trying. But it's just so hard <laughs> to say say goodbye to that maker's mark, you know? Oh you my don't God. have to say goodbye. You just gotta say, "Hey, hey, boo! I'm just gonna visit someone else for a while. I'll be back." I haven't had that tough conversation yet, Andrea, with makers. Okay, <laughs> I'm working on it. The tough, the tough conversation. Tough convo. Okay, well, take take your time. Okay, take your sweet time. <laughs> but let's go ahead and get into the news. And this week, the news is brought to you by Miro. Working remotely doesn't mean that you need to feel disconnected from your team. With Miro, you can get your work done together and collaborate wherever you are. Telecommuting, remote working, distributed teams, 
Call it whatever you want, but more and more teens now work from home. Collaborate better and get work done faster with the help of Miro. If you're still using an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper to brainstorm or organize your work, uh, Brittany, uh, <laughs> you need to expand your horizons. <laughs> Miro lets you visualize everything you're working on all in one place. It's an online whiteboard that brings teens together anytime anywhere. Their infinite canvas is perfect for brainstorming, making mock-ups, organizing files, and managing complex projects. They even have templates to help you get started quickly. Ooh, I love me a good template. You can add your docs, your spreadsheets, your sticky notes, and other important information directly to Miro, so you could always have a single real-time collaboration hub. And Miro can integrate with the programs you already use, like Google Drive, Dropbox, Jira, Slack, and more. Plus, you can even video chat with coworkers without ever leaving Miro. Over 5 million users trust Miro worldwide to help their teams more efficiently. It's everything you need to start working better. To start collaborating for free when you sign up for an account at Miro.com slash what's good. That's right, you guys. You can start collaborating for free by going to Miro.com slash what's good to sign up for a free account with unlimited team members. That's Miro.com slash what's good. The Xbox Games Showcase. I thought really brought the goods today. I'm just oh, going to yeah. throw it out there. It was, was it was impressed. hot. It was hot. It was hot. All right, so ladies, give me your give me your first impressions. I mean, I guess not first impressions. Give me your simmered impressions since you already did a little bit of a post show after the stream. We did. Zombie, you kick it off, baby girl. Halo expensive. halo is expensive i'm still reeling i don't know if i'll recover anytime and i don't know i don't know so you're talking about the 500 million dollar number that was thrown out for how much halo infinite was in development anything over 50 million seems egregious and 50 million is me being excruciatingly generous was what i think should have gone down. I understand there are people that need to eat, but I mean, 500 million is a lot of people eating a lot of things. Um, I don't know if they paid Michael Bay for explosives. Like, I don't know what happened here. Uh, I was not impressed with Halo as in like the visual aspect, like the people structuring, I should say, like their faces and everything else. It didn't look like $500 million worth of facial structuring. I feel like for $500 million, I should look like a Kardashian in a video game for that amount of money. Like, So I was a little upset. I did like the topographical like maps and like the cool stuff that they showed. Looks like I can shoot shit with my friends. So 10 out of 10, I'm going to play it anyways. But yeah, $500 million has me very shook to my core. So let me be, let me be clear to everybody listening and watching. <laughs> That number is not corroborated in any way. This is a 100% rumor from a site called Xbox Fantasy. Um, and I have to lean with my gut that there's no way this game actually cost $500 million. It if can. games like GTA 5 and Red Dead Redemption 2 are around the 250 to 300 million range, and that's generally that's, the most expensive what? budget we're going to see. Um, Did you just say I, that? I have no, I have no doubt that Halo is under that number. I really do not believe that there's a five hundred million dollar budget. Just, not, just does not seem realistic at all. You didn't even bat an eye when you said two hundred fifty million dollars for Red Dead. I'm upset. I'm just, I'm shocked. 
Like I just listen. The reason I didn't bat an eye is because Rockstar has the money oh, to yeah. invest these kinds of budgets, right? So GTA is the most financially successful video game franchise of all time, right? Yeah. Like it's made billions of dollars. Like Call yeah. of Duty is like right up there, right? But I think right. when you look at the actual like dollar for dollar, I think. I think, and I need to go check my sources. So everybody who's pushing their glasses up, well, Andrea, you're right. I don't. I need to go double check my numbers, but I, I believe that that GTA is the most financially successful. There's movies um, that have won Oscars that have been made for less money. Hey, everybody, it's Andrea. So I'm cutting in to the episode with an after the fact edit because the way that I was talking about these numbers and what we were saying bothered me. I know that it's going to be taken out of context, so I wanted to clarify. In fact, GTA is not the most successful. <laughs> Honestly, it's not by a long shot, which most of you are probably like, um, excuse me, uh, did you forget about this game, this game, and this game? Clearly, I did in the moment. It was a long day. Please forgive me. But if you want to learn about what are the most successful video game franchises, I think that you know exactly where to look, and that is... Of course, in Japan, at the house of Nintendo with their giant dragon pile of gold, as we've discussed on the show. So multiple sites conflict between whether the Mario franchise or the Pokemon franchise is in the lead for total revenue. I think what it really breaks down to is, do you count merchandise? Do you count things that are not technically video games, et cetera, et cetera? But what we all can agree on, and by we I mean literally everybody who's counting the money, is that GTA is not even close to where Mario, Pokemon, and yes, Call of Duty, who are the top three, are. So while GTA has been successful and has sold many copies and is in the top five for the most copies of a video game sold, when it comes to sheer revenue, they still have a lot of catching up to do. And this is your The More You Know moment by... Late night, Andrea Renee, who's editing the show. Okay, back to the show. Oh yeah, but but That's all I'm look saying. at the legs on GTA though. <laughs> You're Over right, and the playability. Million copies sold, and the playability, the world. and the playability. I'm gonna give you that. I'm gonna give you that. Yeah. But also, I'm gonna give you two hundred fifty million dollars. <laughs> so My voice gets so high when I start thinking <laughs> about this type of money. Like I just. I can't even imagine, like, it's, I just feel like Phil Spencer's, like, Scrooge McDucking and all this, like, it's like where <laughs> is, I don't know. I know their t-shirt budget is out of this world, because we saw it's that true. in the showcase today. That was something that stood out to me about the showcase, too. But I was really happy with the showcase. This is my first time I've seen an Xbox showcase and been like, look at all the black women. Uh, mm. So for me... If everything else went to shit regardless, I was so happy to see myself on the screen. Whether or not it was with a generic haircut, I did see myself uh, <laughs> reflected in games. And that's a very powerful thing. Um, and I also know that one of your own members worked on one of these games, which is really amazing, too. So, like, having people that are brown working on games, seeing brown people in games, it, the whole thing could have been a flop and it would have been a win anyways for people like me. And I know there's a million other black kids and black people who watched this today and had a moment where they were like, hell yeah, that's that's me, you know? 
And of course, she's referring to our our Bay Rihanna Manuel, who you know could not join us because we said, "Girl, you just can't. You you worked on this stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. We got to draw the line somewhere." But we're super proud of her and all the work that she did today, working with the team for Tell Me Why, who had a big game reveal, which we're going to get into in, in just a second here. But I was really happy to hear that the team was was excited and she felt like everything went well. And you know, I have no doubt we will hear from her about her experiences and how she felt about Xbox Game Showcase at some point. But Brittany, you made plenty of uh, traditional Brit grunts throughout the showcase, I saw. <laughs> oh, I made so many. So Halo, to me, just kicked off things. I mean, it should have kicked things off, and it did. I think with the showcase, there's just so much writing on Halo Infinite, uh, not only for Xbox, but, well, not only for Halo as a franchise, but for Xbox as well. Halo is that tentpole title, and there are a lot of mixed reactions with 4 and, I think, 5 for the most part, wasn't received super well. So Halo, Halo Infinite, when it comes to that, it's like, okay, what are you going to do? Like, this is your time to shine. And I think kicking off with that gameplay was perfect. I loved the way it looked. It just felt so much like back to those olden, like, Halo 1 through 3 days, which I think a lot of what a lot of people are, you know, kind of craving from the Halo franchise. You got to see the grunts, the jackals, the elites, and then now you're seeing the banished in action, and then you're seeing, like, this new Halo ring. And to me, I just thought, this is what I want from a gameplay perspective, like Zombie was saying, is it the prettiest game? No. And then there is a silly photo going across the internet of Joel from Tilo 2 versus Mr. Pilot Man from Halo Infinite. It's like, okay. So good. It's like, a good meme. It's a good meme. It's pretty darn funny. I haven't seen this meme yet. It's, it's on funny. our Facebook fan page. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I will have to go check it out, I guess. Yeah. But I thought it was also exciting when, during the demo, they pause the game, and then this t- it's called the TAC map. That's what the cool kids call it. Yeah. Open it up. And then if you looked around the buttons, you had the option to set a waypoint. You could view the missions. You could hover your little icon over things, which is nothing new in video games. Obviously, maps like this have been around a very long time. But it's fun in a Halo game because the idea is, is this going to be, before we saw this, like the first open world Halo game? And I think clearly it's not open world i think if it was i don't know if there's been any clarification about that it would have been you know touted as a huge pr talking point like open world halo but we didn't see that so open world ish lots of big wide spaces for master chief to uh crawl around in yeah so this was one of the questions that i talked to aaron about aaron greenberg when i was interviewing him uh, on the twitch gaming post show after the xbox game showcase and you know, I had kind of asked him, it looks like Halo Infinite is, you know, kind of hybridizing its first-person shooter formula, as we've seen a lot of shooters do in the last couple of years, blending MMO elements and RPG elements, and of course, as you mentioned, action-adventure elements as well. It's like, is that what Halo is doing with Infinite? And he seemed to really stick with his guns that, no, this is the tried-and-true Halo formula that people know and love, but just bigger and better than it's ever been. The, you know, pull quote from the member of 343, Chris, <coughs> and I'm forgetting his last name Chris right Lee. now. Sorry. Yes. Um, who said that it's bigger than Halo 4 and Halo 5 combined, right? So clearly this game is going to be a massive undertaking. Xbox has been touting that it's the <laughs> biggest Halo that they've ever made, the most ambitious title that they've ever made. And so I think that while they seem to be very clear about like not calling it open world or not calling it an action adventure, it definitely is going to be a lot more Halo than we've ever seen before. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And even when that pause screen was up, there was a tab that said upgrades. I was like, oh, 
What are you Ooh, upgrading? RPG. I, I kinda, did you guys get Destiny vibes from it? Because that's kind of what I was getting from it. Like a big map that you can kind of go around and do missions on. Like I kind of had like a Destiny when I saw the map. That was kind of where my brain went. was like, you set a waypoint to go over here. We're going to do a mission over here. You know, like it felt very like big is in the way that destiny is big but destiny isn't like so you know like i don't know i i kind of got the vibe that it's going to be big like that that was kind of my feeling i mean that would be awesome like those kind of instances because destiny is not considered an open world game right but there's definitely lots of big areas that you can walk around in i think like the thing that always and forever will make destiny unique is its shared world element this idea that you're running around in the space with other people in a multiplayer setting and you can cross paths and do elements of the game with them and then you can like go your separate ways and do and i think that that forever has been like one of the most innovative things in gaming that we've seen and they pull it off so well and i do think that there's some correlations between the fact that bungie created halo <laughs> right? yeah. yeah you know and so like there's a lot of like there's a lot of touches there right so there's absolutely going to be some overlaps and similarities because they're just there's never going to be a world in which that doesn't exist yeah so interesting too is ign i have this quote ign spoke with chris lee who we were just talking about And he said, Halo Infinite is the start of our platform for the future. We want Infinite to grow over time versus going to those numbered titles, a la Halo Halo Reach 1, 2, 3, whatever. And having all of that segmentation that we had before. It's really about creating Halo Infinite as the start of the next 10 years for Halo. And then building that as we go with our fans and community. And then IGN continued, this does not mean that Halo Infinite is a live service game, but it does mean that new story experiences will be told underneath Infinite's umbrella, and it also means that Infinite will be evolved technologically for quite a while. Hmm. So, Because mm, mm. mm, we were wondering, you know, is this going to be a game as a service? And in an interview from a way back, Aaron Greenberg said, you can kind of look at it that way, but obviously he was speaking very vague. And now you kind of see, it sounds like there's going to be this little medium I don't know. And that's the thing is, I think the game looks great from a gameplay perspective. It looks like Halo, and that's what I want. You have all the sounds, you have the visuals, you have the Covenant, now you have the Banished. But what I want to know, too, is, like, what, what's the deal? Like, what is this game, really? I know we're going to yeah. find out as the months go on, but um, I just want to know. I know they're going to finish up and tie up the Forerunner story, and it's going to tie into the, what's, what the hell's going on with Corton and her crazy ass. I don't know what she's up to. She's crazy. She's crazy, Andrea. I would ask you, Zombie, about what you think about the story, but like you said, Girl. during the stream, Sno- is you just... Snooze. I'm asleep. Yeah. I'm asleep. Yeah. I'm asleep. asleep. I'm not their target demographic. Like, the thing yeah. about these things are, so many people get so upset about these showcases, right? About, like, these games. People feel very strongly about them. And I'm like, not everything's for me, baby. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. And I can respect the game and think that it's amazing, and it still not be for me. Yeah. So imagine. Being an adult, imagine. Imagine. Oh, let's all take a moment to reflect on what it would be like. If in the games industry, we all just liked games. (laughs) And let people enjoy what they enjoy. Baby, Paris loves the hell out of some Halo. And I'm all, I, I live to watch Paris reactions to games. But I'd be bored as hell otherwise. <laughs> like, I love it. Baby, you like it. I love it. I love seeing you thrive, baby. Enjoy your little halo. Love it to death. I will live through you and learn about the story in bits and pieces through you. You know? This is exactly how I feel about Brittany in pretty much every game that she loves. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. Imagine. Oh, We're on truth. the same page. 
Yeah, uh, you know, you just support those you care about. Let them enjoy their thing. Be like Andrea. And when I talk about Resident Evil, just smile and nod. <laughs> Be like, that's really cool, honey. Wow, oh. Nemesis. Wow, that's neat. Cool. I, I played on stream with you for several hours. I did my best. You did. She's like, and, and afterwards, I was done. I yeah. was done. <laughs> She's like, I got off and was done. And I won't be going back to that game. Um, but moving on from Halo Infinite, which, by the way, if we didn't mention it, is coming holiday 2020. Um, they had quite a few other announcements, both first party and third party partners. Uh, next up was State of Decay 3. I don't me. think any of us saw coming. No. I definitely did not see this coming. Also worth mentioning, every game shown today during the showcase will be available on Game Pass. Yeah, so just like keep that in mind. Yeah, that State value. of Decay two, yeah, was really surprising to me because State of Decay three, State of Decay three was surprising to me because two just came out in 2018 and they're still updating that game. Granted, it was just a little cinematic teaser, so I think this game is a ways away, but still cool to know that I guess they're working on it. Although I never really would have doubted that they're working on three, but. That zombie deer. Zombie the realism, had a, a reaction. The real, can we just talk about the realism of it? Like, yes. That was intense. It was beautiful. Looked like $500 million trailer. Um, <laughs> you know, like, He's never really, letting it go, ladies and gentlemen. Not it letting looked, it go. It looked really good. And, okay, the black girl didn't have the typical black girl haircut. I was just, I was living my best life. She was using a crossbow, being a huntswoman, baby. Fucking do it. Like, I was all about it. I was like, look at her. Like, she could she could go kill a grizzly bear and then make a rug. Like, I was really excited. But then there was the zombie deer, which ruined my life. Because now oh. I'm never going to look at deer the same way again. But, like... <laughs> It it was it it was too short. That was too short. I would have watched whatever the heck they were selling me with that. Like it had the right amount of suspense. It was perfect for a game trailer. Like just like mm-hmm. give me more. State of Decay three. <laughs> Not even interested in State of Decay two. But baby, I'm here for it. Like whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I I I'm gonna get the game just because now I need to see the zombie deer. Like I have to. The zombie deer yeah, are new. Absolutely. I've never seen the zombie deer before, ever. ever. No. I have unprecedented realism from my quotes. Yeah, um, well. That must have been something they said like during the trailer and I missed it. Huh. The blood in the snow, like it was oh. crisp, y'all. It was I I feel like that was probably the best visual effect out of the whole showcase was that brief trailer, because it was one of the shorter ones. But the visual effects of this were just crisp. I felt like I was looking at a real person. What was interesting when we were talking with Aaron, uh, and that interview is going to come up uh, as soon as we're done with the um, kind of recapping the news. We're going to roll that interview for you guys. Um, He was talking about how this is like a bigger, more ambitious project than, you know, Undead Labs has ever done for a previous State of Decay. So it really feels like there are, I don't want to say rebooting because that feels like it's too much of a deviation from what their formula is, but at least graphically it feels like they're getting a major like facelift and that it's going to look, you know, a lot better than we've ever seen the State of Decay franchise look before. And I think that that's an awesome way for Microsoft to invest in that studio because I think when people play State of Decay, and speaking just from my own experience, like you go into it knowing that it's going to have some jank. It's going to be a little yeah, janky. a lot of yeah. jank. A lot yeah. of jank. That's getting a lot of the laughs and like you know the zombie kills and you're not going in. You're not going in expecting like a Last of Us experience. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's, exactly. yeah, that's that's a uh, yeah, that's 
<laughs> no, that's putting it really- very nicely. Yeah, we're ex- <laughs> we're expecting basically a top-down PlayStation game, like when we go into State of Decay. And State of Decay has a lot of working wheels too to go with the jankiness too. It's kind of a complex layout of a game because uh, I've been playing State of Decay too. Like I, I enjoyed it a little bit, but it had a lot to do. If they're making this more ambitious and better graphics, I 100% think this will be a game I can go shoot zombies with my friends. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, scream a lot. No, totally. No, and that's exciting for me. I'm so happy to have a Resident <clears throat> Zombie fan. Zombie Kills, yeah. are you a fan of Resident Evil? I am not a fan of playing Resident Evil, but I like to okay. watch other people stream it. I really like to watch other people play it. Uh, I don't enjoy Resident Evil. It's too much... Like, go here, do this, da-da-da-da, now we're going to pick a lock and we got to go through 35 different uh, sequences of numbers, etc. I have wildly unchecked ADHD, I told you. I can't, I just, <laughs> if you need me to do picking locks and sequences of numbers, I'm out of your game. If okay, I have, to, if I have lot, to math. There's a lot of that in Resident Evil, so <sighs> it sounds like you're, you know, obviously a zombie fan, but I'm happy yeah. to have someone who I can talk I chat like, with about my, like. my zombie, my zombies, because, yeah. yeah State of the Gate 2, I think, had a great premise, but it, like we were saying, it was janky, really bad loading screens, and then I think ultimately stopped playing because the loading screens were just too much and it was crashing and bugging out too much. But this, you know, we've learned our lesson, I feel like, with cinematic trailers, going back to Dead Island, right? It looks real good. It looks real pretty. Is it indicative of the final game? Uh, more likely than not, probably. But, but because this is undead and because Microsoft does own them and now all that money is going into them, we can be optimistic about the future of this franchise. Indeed. Um, I'm just going to keep rolling along here because we have a lot to cover. Uh, We probably don't have too much to say about this next title, mostly because Xbox didn't show too much. So we did get a nice look at the shiny cars in the upcoming Forza Motorsport 8 from Turn 10. Um, Next up was... Uh, reveal from Rare. So we'd actually like known that this game was in development, but we hadn't really seen a lot from it. Uh, Everwild is oh. the game. And it's uh, a game where you play in Eternal and there's some like spirit earth magic happening. I like was really digging the art style of this Same, game. same. It was orgasmic. Or, uh, it was yeah. literally like so beautiful, so black. Too, okay, you know, I gotta keep going back to that because I'm pumped about it. So beautiful, yeah, of course. so black, and black in a way that we don't normally see black in games where like we're urbanized, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like this different freedom of being brown, uh, that's peaceful and loving of nature, and it shows another duality of our people, which I enjoy. But like, I really want to play this game. Like, <laughs> I don't know yeah. if Rare is listening, but please, God, send me this game. I just want to be on the <laughs> list. I just want to play the game. Like, I know I'm not some big streamer, but please let me play it because it just seems like I, it just, it seems it so, speaks to you. it just speaks to me. And I think it's something we need right now. And the, the beautiful, magical creatures, y'all come on. When y'all saw those big old beautiful creatures and they were so cool yeah. and Majestic. it just, it was magical and it was very peaceful. It was a moment of peace through all this kind of emotional roller coastering of the showcase. Cause there's a lot of emotional roller coasters. But that game came in like a little breath of fresh air that was scented with lavender, and I was down Ooh. with it, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I totally know. Yeah, this game is just dis- being described as you get to explore an untamed natural world. It's a unique and unforgettable experience, 
and experiences that await in a natural magical world. We don't really know anything about it, but it is beautiful. And I just get the feeling it's going to be the kind of game where you just go, maybe you hang out with your friends and you pet magical creatures and you just chill. And hey, that sounds great. Like it's like a fluffy sea of thieves, but not like you don't a have to worry fluffy, about sea a fluffy of sea of thieves. You know, I like that. You don't have to worry about pirates and shit. You just chilling. Yeah, you're just chilling. Doing shit. Just chilling. Let's go. Well, we're definitely looking forward to seeing more from Everwild. Up next is the game that we referenced early on. Tell me why, uh, speaking of which, uh, from Don't Nod. So this game was revealed at the Xbox press conference at E3 last year. And it was... I don't want to say universally praised because there were definitely a lot of people who had problems with it. I feel like nothing can be universally praised anymore. Um, But what was great about it is that it comes from a studio that puts a lot of emphasis in building characters, building relationships between characters, and focusing really on narrative development. Don't Nod. Uh, Obviously, we are big fans of the Life is Strange franchise here and have done a lot of work with Don't Nod since What's Good Games has launched. And Tell Me Why was really highlighted for featuring a trans character at its forefront because that's something that you just don't get in video games. So I'm glad that we got to see a little bit more of it. And what I thought was really smart of them is they put out an extensive FAQ. Uh, Britt, I don't know if you have that pulled or nearby, but I can look it up. So it was really interesting because, as Zombie mentioned, uh, Rihanna is working on this game. And I know that when we spoke with Aaron, he said that one of the things that he was really proud of for that team is, you know, going above and beyond to try to answer some of those questions that people inevitably are going to have when you're representing a a minority group and trying to do it in as sensitive a way as possible. So if you go to tellmewhy.com slash FAQ, like Andrea was saying, a very extensive fact that even dives into some spoilers because obviously this can be it's a very sensitive game for for many people and it goes into questions like was tyler's mother transphobic does it depict any transphobia does tyler does tyler transition as a result of his childhood trauma and there are spoiler warnings if you want to look at the answers to these but i think that's incredibly smart and i think that's wonderful that they did that that's unprecedented first of all and it's important um as a marginalized person, you know, a person from the margins. Yeah, that's dope. Like, I wish people did that about, you know, black characters. I wish they asked us more different things. I wish they showed us in more diverse lights and they talked about these things because speaking and putting light on stuff like this makes it less weird and it normalizes these types of things because we're just normal people. Trans people are just people. Like, <laughs> And if you don't know that kind of stuff, you can be a little off-put. And using a game to be able to open up that dialogue is so incredibly radical. I, I, I know it doesn't seem very radical, but it is. And gaming is such a universal thing, man, to just get there and we can talk about being trans in games, you know, not in a slighted way, not in a way that it's highlighted as the biggest narrative of the game is super important. Mm-hmm. Yes, Zombie just coming in with the the, the snap points <laughs> just, all over. It's just the really place cool. Today. Also, I mean, patricide. There was there was parrot murder. There was parrot murder. I I feel like this game needs to be played. It needs to be streamed. I feel like people. I I really want to see people stream it because I want to see people have these conversations with their chats. As a streamer, I like playing games and talking about things that make people uncomfortable. It's kind of on brand for me. So like to play this kind of game and open up a dialogue for people can be really powerful, you know? And I, Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to it. I a hundred percent will buy this game. Like, 
I'll buy it. I don't I don't care if you want to give it to me for free. I'll pay for it. Like Phil Spencer, I know he's got the money, but whatever. We'll take it. <laughs> you know? He does. Aaron Aaron reiterated that fact to us. He was like, don't worry about Microsoft. We're good. We're good on money. Yeah. Um, and I was like, you know what? That's a very fair point. Uh, so why don't you just give everything away for free, Aaron? Yeah. Aaron. 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 A-A-Ron. A-Ron. Well, that's what I told him we were going to call him because I I gave him a little bit of a a friendly tease because we've Aaron and I have known each other for a very long time. I had the pleasure of interviewing both him and Phil Spencer at one of my earlier E3s, I think 2009. So that would make it my second E3 and this year would have been my 13th E3. Um, so interviewed them quite a few times over the years and to this day, he still calls me Andrea <laughs> and it kind of just makes me twitch a little bit and I called him out on it many times over the years to be like you know that my name is Andrea I say that my name is Andrea (laughs) kind of like part of my shtick that I say my name on camera all the time (laughs) and he's like oh yeah no I know I'm just saying it now because I know it bothers you and I was like that's not cool bro Oh, don't pick on Andrea, Aaron. yeah Aaron. so I proceeded to call him Aaron throughout the rest of our interview I like yeah. it. I'm down with it. Yeah, that's what you yeah. do. You get he's, your friends back. He's he's fun though. <laughs> he is fun. Um, the the Moon Studios team it came on the Xbox Game Showcase to talk about how they are putting out, for lack of a better word, an upresed version of Ori and Will of the Wisps. I loved this game as we talked about in our Game of the Year so far discussion. This is one of my contenders and should be considered one of the best games of 2020. If you haven't played it, Brittany, uh, you should probably spend some time. You haven't played it? No. So it's it's just like not my kind of thing. Metroidvania is just eh. And admittedly, I was a little turned off because Simon had once told me how difficult it was. But there is a baby-ass baby mode, or so I'm told. There but, is. There but is. Andrea and yeah. I did broker an agreement over Twitch, I was on camera, she was in the chat, and she'll play a Yakuza game, and I'll give Ori a chance. And there we go. Fair. And I just like the fact they, re- they re-upped it. But I mean, I was kind of a little let down, like, are we going to add some extra stuff to it? Because, like, just re-upping everything, aren't we going to re-up everything for the new Xbox anyways, if we're being real? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. All right, I'm not the only one that was like, okay, baby, let's go. Like, <laughs> I thought they were going to announce DLC. I, I did too. be like, we have another adventure that you can take Orion. Like even if it was like more of like a dungeon style thing or time trials or Can we also just be real you? and say it was already really pretty and like yeah, even if you was, make it's even gorgeous. if even if you make it like I don't know, that's a man thing. It's like I need my TV to be so crisp my eyes hurt. Like we get it. <laughs> we get it. We get it. Like guys, I don't <laughs> you know, like I can't tell the difference between <laughs> A 2K TV and a 4K. I don't know. None of it looks real. I don't understand. Like, just oh judge my me. Gosh. Judge me. Judge me Speaking if you the want. the truth. No. Speaking People the want truth. to see everybody's nose hairs and pores. Baby, I like it when you're a little out of focus because you look hot. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> like, that's why we drink before we go on dates, y'all. Like, chill, everyone. With the, I get we need to make everything in 4K, but like, I just... <laughs> Y'all know what I'm saying. Andrew, you see now why I was laughing so hard during the stream all day today. She just had these freaking little hilarious things. Because they're real. She goes down. When they say it it is. And nobody wants to say it in the games industry. They're like, they're remastering (sighs) it in 4K. And I'm like, did anybody ask them to do this? Like, did any? (laughs) 
Somebody said, oh, Ori doesn't look good enough. Everybody knows that game looks fucking great. Like, okay, y'all, why did we throw this in the showcase? I mean, yes, the game's dope. Did sales dip? What happened? Like, you put it on Game Pass. Like, we get it. The game's cute. Let's go. Next one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All about that frame rate. My eyes hurt so they crisp. Just hurt. Oh Can't deal. Can't deal. Um, speaking of another game that came Ugh. out uh, and has been played, and you're going to get to play more, but this time with actual DLC, The Outer Worlds. So we got a nice little pocket from Obsidian. They had three games that they showed in the showcase. The first one, of course, being their hit RPG from last year is one of What's Good Games' top games of the year. And we actually, you know, did we, we, didn't, did we name this our game of the year last year? I think it was nominated. RPG for sure. Yeah. RPG. Dude. Gosh, you know what? December feels like a lifetime uh, ago. Yeah. 2020 has been 20 years. That's every it month is really a year. Has. Every month is a full year. Yes, so, indeed. But they have a new DLC coming not that far away on September yeah. 9th. The Peril on Gorgon. Gorgon. So if you go to YouTube, the official description is as follows. A severed arm and a mysterious message lead the crew of the unreliable, so good, to the Gorgon asteroid, formerly the site of one of Halcyon's most ambitious and disastrous scientific undertakings, now a lawless den of monsters and martyrs. Wealthy recluse Minnie Ambrose. Ambrose? I think that was it. Task the crew with finding answers about Dr. Olivia Ambrose, her mother, and the Doom Project's disgraced director, but they are soon ensnared in an intrigue that will change the colony forever. I just love this game so much. And I'm happy we're getting DLC. Dope yeah, game. we knew we were getting story DLC in 2020, and I'm all for it. That game has such a unique sense of humor. I it just does. love it so much. It's very, yeah. like, camp. And I, I'm all about, like, some camp, baby. Like, camp me up. Let's do it. It's a funny game. It's kind of what you wanted from Fallout, right? Like, let's be real. Yeah. It's the humor that you feel like Fallout kind of lacks. Like, if Fallout had this humor and kind of this tongue-in-cheek thing, yeah. Outer Worlds is dope. It's a fun game. It's one of the few games, like, I'll actually sit there and play through and, like, hang out in. It's, it's a dope world. I'm down for it. Mm-hmm. And it's coming really soon. We literally have less than a month. Like, let's kick it out. Oh, part of me is excited and part of me is like, damn, there's so many games coming out. Is September pretty chill? Yeah, well, because, I mean, well, for me, Destiny got delayed and Cyberpunk got delayed. So now it's like, well, I don't even know. I haven't I checked the updated list of what is still actually coming out in September. Yeah. Um, but this will be a fun, a nice little fun departure. Mm-hmm. And they oh. also showed oh. Grounded. This is the yes. RPG that they previously announced and definitely major honey i shrunk the kid vibes and i know zombie you mentioned that you were like shout out to the 80s kids and i was like yes yes like this game it tickles that like i don't know that camp thing again like honey i shrunk the kids is pivotal if you're an 80s kid like it's a pivotal movie that you watched and you were into it because you felt like it could be real and you wanted it to happen to you you wanted to go and eat (laughs) you wanted to go be a kid who was shrunk by a ray and eat giant oatmeal cream pies like come on like it's dope i just recently we rewatched these movies with my kid my five-year-old and he's we also watched home alone we were going through all the like you know camp 80s movies and um it's dope. I think it's such a cool thing, and I can't believe it hasn't really been done yet, which is wild to me. But, like, also, more brown kids. There were, like, multiples of brown kids in the game, and they made Ladybug scary, like I said. Like, they made Ladybug scary, and I'm down with it. Like I, I, And they had base building. That was my big thing that I saw, that you could build a base. Like, I want more of that. I want to know where that's going. Like, 
Yeah. Andrea, I think about when you and I were supposed to go to that preview event. But it was one of the first preview events canceled. It was. Back in March, we were supposed to get hands-on with Grounded. And I was really looking forward to, to checking the game out. But... Because of all the travel restrictions around the pandemic, they just canceled it. And that was re- that was right after PAX. It was like mm-hmm. a week after PAX, and that's kind of like when the dominoes all started falling. And we haven't gone to a gaming event since. It's gonna um, be a while. I did, it's gonna be a it while. It is gonna be a while. But I want to just put out into the universe that maybe this new Honey I Shrunk the Kids movie that's in development. I don't know if you know about this. What Sunday. you just? Sh- oh, I'm shook oh, now. Oh. Time out. Tell me about it. <laughs> Stop it. Oh, yeah. So let me – there's actually – I Google it to make sure I have the information update. Oh, I'm sure. And there was actually just an update from Josh Gad, who was one of the stars of the film. So Josh Gad, famously known for voicing Olaf in Frozen, super funny comedian, actor. Um, he is actually playing the grown-up son of Wayne Zielinski, <gasps> um, Rick Moranis' character. Yes. And Rick Moranis is set to return as Wayne alongside the original director, I'm Joe shook. Johnston. I'm shook. I'm shook, and I'm here yeah. for this. I'm excited. I'm a little not excited, though, because I also know because of the pandemic and because idiots are mouth breathers and won't wear masks, we might not get a new Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movie if y'all don't just stay the hell home. Yeah, so Josh Gad, that was the post that he said that it's uh, a little heartbreaking because they're supposed to be shooting the movie right now, but everything's been delayed because of COVID-19. But I think that this is definitely a movie worth waiting for. As you mentioned, I love it. Britt, have you ever seen Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? I have. Yeah, I've seen it a few times. I have little like blips of it in my head. So, Zombie, I'm known for not seeing anything like TV shows, movies, a whole bunch of shit. I've seen this one, though, so you can't be too mad at me. Okay. I've seen this one, and I enjoy it. Have you I seen Ghostbusters? It. This is a real question. Yes. I say it like that because I know I can think about scenes from Ghostbusters, but I don't know if I've seen, like, the movie from start to finish. <gasps> well, we got to fix that. Add it to the watch-along list. Jesus. How do you do uh, this, Andrea? <laughs> I'm upset. <laughs> Every, thank thank you, you. You think you. after three years of this, they would just, you know, not set their expectations so high, but at least they still, like, give you the benefit of the doubt and they ask, I suppose. Okay, we're just, yeah. yeah. Wow. I think you're, I think you're redeemable, Brett. We, all we, we can save you. you we stuff. can just show you the, like, we are here for you. Like, <laughs> me and I'll support Andrea because she's gone through a lot, obviously. And I'll, like, I'll support her while she supports, it's, it'll be a whole thing. It'll be a whole thing. Jeez. So, in fact, my very first podcast in 2009, they literally implement, implemented a segment where it was called Brit Watches because they couldn't believe the shit either. So even 11 years ago, they made me watch movies and then report on them every week. And you still so, didn't watch Ghostbusters, so we're upset. we're upset. I know. I failed you. I failed you, and it's I'm all so right. sorry. It's Ghostbusters. I just... It's okay. Like I said, it's, it's rectifiable. We always did talk about uh, right. doing a fun segment where we would give Britt the title of a movie and she would have to guess what it's about. I'm still down to do I'm that. actually, I would tune in for that. I just feel like it would be a shit show. Like, oh, yeah. it would. Absolutely. The best, the best kind. The, the best, best kind. kind the kind show. you can't stop watching. <laughs> Um, all right, so I have a date listed there, or maybe you put a date. I have delayed Ju- July twenty eighth. Is that when Grounded is coming out? Wait, uh, not even September. September twenty eighth is coming to Xbox Preview and Steam Early Access. Okay, September. September. Got it. Okay, because that seemed um, really quick. Five days. Yes. 
And then the kind of big reveal from Obsidian, of course, was their brand new fantasy RPG avowed with the flaming arrow that doesn't actually ever hit the ground. (laughs) It it just goes. Flaming arrow simulator is what this game is all about. (laughs) So we don't really have much information on this. Um, we did a uh, touch on this with our interview with Aaron, which we'll let you guys um, take a peek at in just a few minutes. Um, but essentially, he reiterated that this is Obsidian at their best. This is them coming with a really big budget idea and Microsoft supporting them and saying, we want you guys to do the best that you want to do and show us your RPG chops. And it was really nice to kind of hear him talk about how he kind of looks at them as one of the, like the crown jewels in the game, game studios portfolio. Um, And I think it's awesome coming from a studio that has such a rich history in video games and such a deep history, specifically in the RPG genre, getting this really diverse range of games from them. I'm definitely pumped to see more of what Avowed is going to look like. Oh, this is right. I was literally slightly sexually aroused by (laughs) the time. I could tell. I was. Oh, I was. My pants got tight. I mean, it's just like, I love, obviously, first and foremost, I love that medieval show. Give me castles and swords and magic and dragons and trolls and like i'm living my best life but then you put it in the hands of obsidian which i think is one of the most talented studios out there and this is where they thrive it's an rpg you have obviously the outer world you have pillars of eternity you have all this shit that they've proven over and over again they're so good at and now you're giving them this microsoft money bags mcgee i'm so this oh my god this is another game whose graphics looked better than halos another I better million dollar oh, trailer snap. i mean the graphics Coming looked in. amazing like when they did the little purple aura around the hand for the magic oh. as they were doing the runes that was so like you know crisp my eyes hurt and i was like <laughs> i was into it the arrow going through the skeleton like and then going oh, down yeah. into the city like the city that was in the like you know gorge or whatever like it was it was hot it, it looked dope Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm just looking at this IGN article confirming that my date I wrote down was correct, July 28th for Grand. Oh, it is July. July. Oh, shit. Releasing an early access. So literally just like a week away? Next week? (laughs) No, it's five days. Five days. Next next Tuesday. Yeah. Shit. Well, I'm glad you're right and I'm wrong. That means the joy and happiness can spread earlier. Hooray. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't look like there's any joy and happiness in this next title. As Dusk Falls was announced, so this was one of the new IP that we sh- saw in the Xbox Games Showcase. And the little blurb right up on IGN says, From Interior Night, a new studio headed by former lead game designer from Quantic Dream, As Dusk Falls is an interactive drama spanning multiple generations set in the American Southwest. It focuses on how mistakes of one generation pass on to the next and how two Two families trapped in a hostage situation grow over the subsequent decades. And it's an epic story of sacrifice, betrayal, and resilience. Dun, dun, dun. Zombie, I feel like you were really interested in this one. I feel like you were gushing over it quite a bit. It reminds me of, like, the Telltale games, like the the Walking Dead games, which are fantastic if you actually, Mm -hmm. like, can play through them and sit through them, which I have because I played a lot of them, like, you know, without my children around, uh, and I dug it, and I love zombies, and I I love Walking Dead, like, a lot. It's where my name comes from. And Mm -hmm. uh, Interracial Family. I don't think I've ever seen an interracial family in a video game that I can think of ever. Can y'all? Like... Um... 
a family? No. no. I feel like I've seen Mm-mm. interracial couples before. Definitely seen interspecies couples. Well, yeah, interspecies way more frequently than interracial to be to make a very sad statement about games. Yeah, but, um, no, you're not wrong there. Yeah, it's like it feels like alien romance is more acceptable. Yeah, it does. And, outrageous. And this looked really cool, and I liked it because it had like the southwestern setting, and it looked like a game of people going through bad choices. I don't know. It seems like there was this, and I don't know if you guys felt this during the showcase. There was a lot about um, pulling empathy out of people and choosing a side, right? Like choosing good or bad. And the choices that lead you through making these choices. Are you an inherently good person or a bad person due to the choices you make? Same with kind of like Last of Us, if we can throw it all over the place. You know, there's. Mm -hmm. I feel like these games are all coming out around the same time. And it just so happens to be when the world's kind of going through these kind of things. Are you going to stand up for BLM? Are you going to... You know, make it known where you stand with these things. Are you going to stand up when something's inherently wrong? And I I love it. I, I love the fact that that bridge is being put there, that people can use gaming as a way to understand and, and relate on a relationship level with people. And I want to see where this goes more. I'm more being more driven towards these type of games. Like, the more I get older, I guess, as a little old lady, I'm like, yeah, make me make bad choices. Let's see, you know, like, let's see what, <laughs> it just tests your person, you know, and mm-hmm. sometimes in a game, uh, choices aren't cut and dry. Like, playing a game with just a bad guy and you're always playing from the point of the good guy is not the most stimulating because we're not all good guys and, and we're not all good guys in everybody else's story. So stories like this are important to hear and I, I hope people give more of these stories like a chance. Like I said, I feel like this is another game that should be played an interactive drama with your, with your chats. Like let's open dialogues. I I'm here for this kind of gameplay. And that goes into the next game that you're going to talk about as well. It's important. Oh yeah, that's right. Speaking of controversial games, with lots <laughs> of emotions. I don't know if controversy is really the right word. Yeah. Uh, Senua Saga Hellblade 2 will be set in Iceland was the big announcement. Obviously, we saw this was another E3 game from last year where we got the big reveal. Or was it Game Awards? It was the Game Awards. It was Game year. Awards. Yeah. Or last year, I should say. Yeah. December, where we got that really cool trailer. Um, and we knew that this game was in development, obviously Ninja Theory under the fold of Xbox Game Studios, and they just talked about how development has been going, location scouting uh, in Iceland. And Zombie, you had mentioned that this is like on your bucket list? Uh, Iceland is on my bucket list. It's like my number two place on my bucket list. So my number one is Vietnam, and my number two is Iceland. Iceland looks like the moon. If you've ever like looked at it, they've got like big giant craters in the ground. They've got like hot pools everywhere also bjork lives there i love bjork we stand bjork i love bjork too. i love bjork so much like bjork is amazing right like bjork is kind of like an alien from another planet who's like come here <laughs> to bless us with her amazing vocal stylings uh i just i think it's really cool that they've set this here and i'm the person who's so sick of like tribalized white people i can't even take it but like i'm kind of here for this one once again strong female lead you know in a game emotions mental illness acceptance you know like dealing with your you dealing with the things that women deal with like well done it's well done and i think moving it to this icelandic setting is going to make it even more big and even more beautiful and even more immersive uh i think once again another game that's like begging to be played and i always try to tell my ma- my male friends to play hellblade like senua like i i think they should play that game 
I think it's really good. And I think if you're a person who suffers from any sort of mental illness, depression, anxiety, like anything like that, I think these are games that are like, they show a real experience, like a valid, real experience, but also immersive gameplay, like in a fantastical setting. So like, these are more like cinematic masterpieces of games. Uh, definitely worth $500 million, 100%. Would do it. <laughs> Would do it. Like, I just think these type of games to me feel like going to the movies and seeing like Lord of the Rings. You know, I'm here for it. I'm in the world. I live in that world. Avatar. I'm in that place. Like, Avatar is one of my favorite movies just because of how amazing it is. Like, same thing with this kind of stuff. When you play a game like this, you're in there and... You feel that. So I think that's a must play and probably going to end up being a game of the year when people play it. I still need to play that. But like I said, the last time I tried playing it, I was on a relaxing vacation and it was not fit no. and vibe. I was like, mm. well, right now we're in the middle of a pandemic and everything's depressing and the world's on fire. I feel like this is kind of the game. <laughs> it fits the vibe. It, fits, it really does. It fits the vibe. It fits the vibe. Uh, but it's such an immersive experience. You sh- should definitely play it like, Play it now while you have the time and while you have the quiet and while your body's not so busy to be, you know, in other places. Mm -hmm. It's a game that you want to play in a quiet place in your mind and really play the game. Like, I love playing that game. So I definitely think people should play. It's definitely not one you want to play for, like, funsies and you're like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) like, don't, don't play it and maybe take a Valium before you play it if you're going to play it. Like, I. I definitely think it's a game like you should kind of you should be in that mindset of like, I'm going in here for a fully immersive cinematic experience. Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah I, I feel like it's a little bit like Tilu in that sense, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, going in that like it's not going to be for funsies. Yeah. Also, I love that you said that. It's perfect. <laughs> um, but that it's going to be an impactful emotional experience that is a piece of art that really helps transcend what video games are communicating to people. And I agree 100 percent. Um, just an incredible pivot from something super serious and emotional to something completely on the opposite end of the spectrum, just wacky and funny and over the top. We got to hear from Double Fine, who are celebrating their 20-year anniversary, and they showed a new trailer for Psychonauts 2, and it featured the musical stylings of one Jack Black, so along cool. with composer Peter McConnell. I thought Zombie was going to cry during this, and I loved I, it so I much. Like, I'm tearing up again, thinking, like, I'm such a nerd. You guys, like, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, you listen. You're talking to a crier too. I, I do the same shit. I happy cry. Okay, like, okay, Jack yeah. Black. I love Jack Black. Okay, I love Jack Black so much. I think he's so funny and he's so kind. And I love his music. Seen him in concert a bunch of times. Hysterical. You you took Jack Black and you bashed it up with Psychonauts. Y'all trying to make me cry today? Xbox <laughs> Showcase. Like, come on. Like, I was having the feels, and he was so into it while he was singing. I don't know if you caught that. He was just like. I feel like oh, he, yeah. were, he was singing to me. He was. He was singing specifically to me. He was like, something I know how much you love Psychonauts. And then what a treat from Psychonauts. What a colorful, tripping the light, fantastic, yellow submarine, immersive, like fun showcase. Like to to like just kind of shake off some of the realism we saw through the rest of the showcase. Because everything else was just big budget realism. They stayed true to the integrity of the game. You look at the game, you still know you're playing the same game. Uh, and But we're going to get this whole new wild experience. We're not at camp anymore. We're moving around. And I'm so, I'm so excited. And I'm going to play this with my kids. 
Like, I can't wait to play it with my kids. And, like, honestly, I'll play it by myself first because they ruin stuff because they're kids. And they kind of talk to me and kind of, like, they're going to bum me out. Like, it's just just being real. But then after I beat it uh, and my kids don't ruin my saves, I'll go back and play it with them. I'm just being, you know, realities of parenthood, they trash your games. Don't let them touch your Animal Crossing Island because it will fuck everything up. Like, oh, no. Chop down all the damn trees. Hate it. It was, uh, it's interesting you say that because when I did my stream with Felicia Day earlier this week, which was super fun, and if you guys missed it, um, it was a delight to have her and visit her island. And you can catch that VOD on our Twitch channel. She was talking about how she lets her three year old, uh, Calliope, uh, decorate parts of her island and so how Calliope has taken over a couple rooms in her Animal Crossing oh. house but because she's three she doesn't man the controller yeah. but she gets to pick out all the things that get decorated so, so my four year old has his own island because he has his own damn switch because we're not doing that <laughs> <laughs> you're like this is mama switch I love y'all so much switch. go chop down all your own damn trees and be alone on your little bummy <laughs> island y'all do just have weeds everywhere sticks just every- can't can't do it just buy your just get your own damn switch i don't care four hundred dollars for my peace of mind done done quality parenting advice we're just really honest here okay four-year-olds are trash at video games they will fuck up all your saves they will sell your stuff no I love it. And I love how excited you were also just going back to Psychonauts because this I didn't realize that the original game came out in 2005. Five. Yeah. It's, yeah. 2005. That's insane. I was 17 in 2005. My, uh, you're young. You're so young. Yes. My kid was. I, was I know. <sighs> I am. I was out of college, but that's OK. We won't talk about that. I was. Andrea, you were so smart that you graduated college at the age of 18. Everyone knows that. OK. Well, I was 23. Obviously. I was 23 when this game came out. Yeah, 23 because it's 2005. Because I had my first kid at 26. So, like, you know, I played this game, loved this game, went back to it, played it over and over again. I remember playing it when I was pregnant with my daughter. And then it it just didn't, a new one didn't come out. And I waited on it and it didn't come out and it didn't come out and it didn't come out. But everybody, I just thought the game was so good. We were going to get another one. But here we are. Apparently, someone, someone's been campaigning for this game in a back room somewhere. Whoever you are, you're an angel, and we love you. <laughs> like, yeah, this uh, game yeah. went through development hell. If you kind of yeah, what's fascinating about it? I was going to bring that up. Thank yeah. you, thank you, Britt. Is that it's actually was supposed to have been released by now. It was supposed to come out in 2019 originally. Yeah. So the game has been in development, as Britt mentioned, for quite a long time, and then they pushed the release to 2020, and now very quietly. They pushed the game again to 2021. So Tim Schafer had made kind of a loose statement about that the acquisition of when Double Fine was acquired by Microsoft really did take a lot of their time and resources from some members of the team contributing back to the development and the release of that game. And so now the game is going to come out at some point in 2021 because I I thought for sure we were going to get a release date today when they showed Psychonauts. I honestly didn't think we were going to see anything from Double Fine in in the... showcase today because it's a relatively recent acquisition for the xbox game studios team but they didn't have a release window even on the trailer and i was like that's odd Mm -hmm. so then of course some people sleuthed it down on the xbox wire blog they quietly said psychonauts 2 releases in 2021 on xbox game pass windows pc mac linux and ps4 look i just want the game Take your time, babies. Whatever y'all got to do, y'all relax. I know you just got acquired with some big money. Things are changing. 
But y'all are in here. You've already made a verbal agreement with me that you're releasing the damn game. So I just need y'all to know that I want my game. You already put it out there. You gave us the trailer. Gave us tra- you had Jack Black sing a whole damn song. If you don't give us the game in 2021, <laughs> I might get pissed. I might. No one's on Bay Pit. It's fair. I just might call your mom. So just put oh, the game shit. out. Oh, put the game dang. out. Moms talk Look to each out. other. We have a whole network. Just That's put the damn game out. Just put the game out. We just want the game. I don't care. You know, I'm not really pressed on these release dates. I'm not. Like, we do. We're in the middle of a global pandemic. I think everybody should, like, strap it up a little bit. And we should all take it on the chin because these are real humans making real games in a real uncertain and unprecedented time. If these games get pushed back, everybody, chill the fuck out. And be grateful that anybody's putting out games and entertainment for us anyways in these crazy times. That there are people willing to go to these jobs and deal with our ungrateful asses. <laughs> like, you know? Oh my gosh. A fucking men. <laughs> just be grateful. Just, I'm just still ha- glad that we have TV. Like, look at the plethora of things on Netflix and people are like, there's nothing to watch on TV. Y'all, people made whole damn shows. Well, you got 48 seasons of whatever you want. Go watch it. We don't have to put out <laughs> nothing new. Same with these game studios. These are real humans. Their kids are also out of school because of, you know, COVID. Like, the it's a lot to it, but just be grateful. And if you're in the games industry, don't be an asshole. Like, you know, mm-hmm. everybody just mm-hmm. be nice and be happy we have games, period. And maybe play some of the other ones y'all know that you haven't even played, that you have downloaded, taken up space on your Xbox right now that you've never even opened. Oh, I feel so attacked. You know? <laughs> I'm serious. Like, y'all, go, go play Cuphead. Go do it. You, you didn't even open it. Go play it. <laughs> you got to the first level and then you and then quit. you quit you quitters go play it <laughs> <laughs> just quitting everything this is like the perfect segue too into the next piece because destiny 2 beyond light made an appearance in the xbox game showcase which i did not anticipate what? i feel like bungie is just flirting with all the platforms first they were over here with playstation then they're like yo stadia we getting cozy and now they're like hey xbox we're here too uh, but they did uh, announce a delay this week that was kind of the big news that Beyond Light has been pushed to November 10th because of pandemic work from home related issues. And I don't need to say anything else. Zombie said it perfectly. Like, give people a break. Take the time you need. The fact that we're getting games at all is awesome. But what was interesting about what Destiny and Bungie announced in the Xbox showcase was that they announced that Destiny 2 Beyond Light and all preceding content is coming to Xbox Game Pass. The quote is, you'll get access to all current Destiny 2 expansions starting this September slash strike through November uh, when the standard (laughs) edition of Destiny 2 Beyond Light is released. You'll get that too. This is huge. Wow, I didn't realize it was all the DLC. And that's, as somebody who has bought, (laughs) <laughs> she said let me raise my hand i have paid for it's not it. an insignificant amount of money it's to, not to get all of the expansions you know and it's it's this is amazing it's this is coming back to what we were talking to aaron about is the, about like the, the value of game pass and how incredible it is that you know they are trying to support that and the fact that bungie's like yo you know we already have this free-to-play version of destiny 2 so of course you're going to get that because that was my assumption when we saw this announcement i was like oh well no big deal. It's already been free to play. Like you still have to buy the expansions. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's good that they're getting people into the base game, but it kind of feels like, 
What's the point? Not it's much a of hook. an announcement. But then it's a when hook. I saw the yeah. details, I was like, whoa, wait. You know, mama loves to save a dollar. Mama loves it. You know, like if I can save a buck, I'm a, I mean, I'm a mom. I'd be couponing, use Groupon. I love Xbox Game Pass. It's great value for your money. Um, I think that it's very smart of them from a business perspective to know that the world is on fire, you know, and that people are not working, et cetera, et cetera. And that gaming is becoming a real luxury. But I also think that lovely pull apart that we kept seeing of the Xbox <laughs> every five fucking minutes is letting us know. It's all about the flops, so you got to see the flops. Ugh, I don't all even. Flops. It's, it is just, that what we were supposed to look at? I didn't know what it was. That. I was like, okay, I cool, I get it. I, I don't know. I saw Elgato did the same thing with a key light today, and I was very upset by it. They helped put a whole thing on Twitter. But, like, it's going to be expensive. <laughs> Things are luxury right now for a lot of people. You know, if we're just being very, very real, uh, there are a lot of people that are heavily impacted by what's going on right now. Gaming is a luxury. Having internet is a luxury. So throwing these on Game Pass is a smart move, and it kind of shows Microsoft gives a little bit of a fuck. You know, like, they're like, all right, guys, we know that you're going to get hit in the pockets because they're going to they gonna rob my ass. Come come that game, I'm going to get that whole big old box. I'm going to be upset, but I'm going to buy it. Probably going to have to buy two because I don't want my kids touching my shit. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know... I don't want my kids touching my shit. Dear Xbox, if you feel like sending me an extra one because you don't want my kids touching my shit either, please send me one. Um, you know, <laughs> but like for real, we're going to buy it. Some families have multiple Xboxes. We have four Xboxes in our house, you know, like currently, like think about it. Think about it. So Game Pass being expanded upon play anywhereness. Y'all see all this play anywhereness, X Cloud stuff that they've kind of slid in there. Uh, mm-hmm. Xbox kind of came in heavy and said, we're affordable, best bang for the buck, baby. You can also play it anywhere. So, you know, if you don't have all the stuff, you can kind of play the games with whatever. And I, I actually find it the least money grabby thing I've seen in such a long time. <laughs> like, uh, yes. and it kind of redeemed Microsoft for me after they shut down Mixer <laughs> after oh, they sh- yeah. and after they shut down all their stores, you know, like, you're upset but then you're like okay they're just trying to find a way to balance things and make things still accessible because gaming accessibility is important to me i mean as a streamer i want to see other people play games i think that gaming's so powerful uh what we've seen from this showcase is powerful it's showing us what we can do so make it fucking cheap thank you phil spencer or whoever greenlit that was it sarah with the leather jacket i don't know whoever did it Sarah with the leather jacket. I could tell the wardrobe department did uh, did their job well with Sarah. I, Sarah I really looked like dope. Look. She was the only one yeah. who wore that t-shirt and she was like, bitch, I got drip. She had the leather jacket. Her t-shirt was fly. She had a belt. The necklace went the perfect. Belt, oh, the yeah. belt. It was like, okay, baby. She was, Nobody wears a good belt anymore. Nobody. No. And then everybody else was looking t-shirt bummy, kind of. And then here she came and she was like, baby, y'all finna put me in a t-shirt, but I'm finna be styled in this t-shirt. It was Beyonce mm-hmm. level styling. I was happy for her. Yeah, she looks she looks great. Um, I do want to kind of like speed through the rest of this because we do want to get to our interview with Aaron and we also have a break. We got other games to talk about. We got to talk about what Zombie is streaming on her channel and everything else she's doing. So, Brittany, yep. I'm going to pass the baton to you to run through the rest of the games in the showcase. Okay, I have grabbed the baton. I am gripping it firmly in my hands. Wow, that got really fucking weird. Okay, the Real next quick. thing that pops up was Stalker 2. 
Now, I have never played Stalker. Is anyone else here familiar with the Stalkers? Mm-mm. No. No, me neither. I don't know much about it. There's some Chernobyl shit going on. <laughs> and that's all I'm really super duper familiar with. So I'm on the mid of the website we're supposed to be looking at here. And I'm not seeing... Here we go. Stalker 2 revealed. Okay. So it's finally coming to console with its long-awaited sequel, Stalker 2. It's a post-apocalyptic shooter and looks a little bit like Metro with its Russian horror tone, but has its own immersive sim-style spin on the world of post-disaster Chernobyl. So yeah, Zombie, I feel like this is something you and I would like. Yeah. And Andrea likes Metro, so she she might be into that too. I was... Yeah, no, like Metro was one of my faves. Super into Metro. Definitely, definitely interested. Next up, we got Warhammer 40,000 Darktide announced. So this is a four-player co-op game set on the hive world of Tetrium. Players will have to work together to survive the hordes of enemies that assault them in darkness from the far future when it launches in 2021. So I like Warhammer Vormintide. It's... um. A fat shark game as well, obviously. The problem I had with that game is that the frame rate has always been so awful that I get dizzy. So it's very like you quick turn, you're battling hordes and hordes of enemies, and it's all first person. But the issue is, even on my console, on Jason's console, it's just like really like there's like those little frame jerks, and it's really nauseating. So I've never been able to play too much of Vermintide. So hopefully with Dark Tide, they'll get that fixed because there's a lot of potential there. Next, Tetris Effect Connected Revealed. Zombie, I know you're excited about this one, too. It looked dope. It looked, yep. it looked just Tetris, but cooler. Yep, it's an enhanced version of Tetris Effect with new co-op and competitive multiplayer modes. Playable both online and locally. Comes out this holiday. There you go. Then there's The Gunk which I think is such a fantastic name. So SteamWorld creators, and this is all coming from IGN, creators Image and Form have a new 3D action adventure that... And there's not a steam-powered robot in sight called the Gunk. It sees you as you explore and solve puzzles on a forgotten planet covered in toxic sludge using a Hoover-like gauntlet. Looks cute. I think it's had like a Peggy 3 rating when I was watching some of the trailers. So it could be a fun game to play with your kids on, uh, assuming they don't fuck it up. Yeah, they don't right? fuck it up. Mm-hmm. And then next up, we got another look at the medium, which is Bloober Team's next game. So it's set across two realities. You are a medium, and there are going to be puzzles alongside encounters with sinister spirits. Look pretty spooky. Spooks. Now, you you were into this zombie, but then you weren't because there were dolls. Yeah, the, Is that what it the was? dolls turned yeah. me off. Sorry. Chucky. I yeah. get Chucky vibes. I'm not down with it. <laughs> I mean, I like Bloober Team a lot. I think they've done some really great things, especially in the horror uh, friend, genre. But, yeah, this looks different. I'm still not entirely sure how this game is going to play and how it's going to work with the two different mediums and why your appearance changes. But who knows? We'll see what happens. And then next up, the game Zombie is most excited about is Fantasy Star Online 2 New Genesis. So coming in 2021 is the next entry in the online action RPG Fantasy Star Online 2 New Genesis. It features a new world and new enemies. You are in love with the faces on these characters. It was trash. 100% weep. It was 100% 100 weep trash. Uh, Weep trash. It was weep trash. Uh, What do you want me to say, y'all? I'm here being 100% real. Uh... I'm so into it. I'm so, just, I'm so into it. They just got to do fucking better. That was so bad. I don't make games, y'all. I don't I don't make games, but it was a fetus in a suit. It was a fetus in like a uh, I don't know what. I don't It's cuz the the eyes were so big, right? The I, eyes took up like And half the, of face the face was it was all None of it was good. None of it. Oh, none of it. The, the Sega online action RPGs, baby. Like People that's love the it. You get. Yeah, I yeah. know a couple of guys who don't bathe who love those types of games. 
Oh, I'm just being so real right now. I just, I um, have, I. <laughs> is it Godfrey? Do you Danny? guys Isn't all he know? A huge fan. She, oh, who who here? Oh, how many man, guys do you know who don't bathe out. who love these games? Oh, exactly. You're thinking of someone in your head right now. You're both are. You're both are. You, how many of these guys go? Yeah, that go to cons? Yeah, we all know. All right, whatever. It's for them. Like I said, not everything is for me, baby. Sometimes they're That's for okay. the weebs. And uh, I like to think I like anime, but I'm not that big of a weeb. I haven't evolved to that level of weebness yet, probably because... I just can't. I can't. I just saw it. And it was, doesn't do it for you. And that's okay. I don't I have think. Tried who does it do it online. for? I just call me after this podcast, whoever you are. I want to have a talk. I just, I'm pretty sure Danny Pena from God from Godfrey. That's his uh, from Gamertag Radio is a huge fan of it. So you can maybe. Not, I, I'm looking. I'm looking on his Twitter feed to see if he had some kind of react. I didn't see anything, but I'm pretty sure he's been wanting this game out for a while because it just came over. It just came here. I believe I'm thinking of the same one. Anyway, we'll find out. We'll also confirm whether or not he bathes. Next game, Crossfire <laughs> X. So this is a previously PC-only series coming to Xbox in 2020 as Crossfire X, and the game showcase offered a cinematic trailer for the campaign, which was developed by Control and Alan Wake Studio Remedy. Not my thing, nope. but I'm sure there's a lot of folks out there who are very, very excited about this shooter. Good for you. Happy for you. Okay, now. The big boy, the big boy, Zombie and Andrea. Fable. It's just Fable, actually. It's just called Fable. So this has been rumored to be in development by Playground Games for many, many years. I remember covering this the first year we launched What's Good. And we finally got our in-game engine cinematic that has been rumored. And it looks, I mean, for what we've seen, it looks cute. Again, it's just a cinematic trailer. We didn't get that much of it, but it's a cute little fairy who gets eaten by a toad. 100%. I feel like it's very on brand for Fable. Yes. Yes, Mm -hmm. it is. I am glad that people who are, you know, got the warm and fuzzies for Fable got their announcement. I have to be honest, I just haven't had a connection with the Fable franchise, but I'm interested in going back and rediscovering it and kind of figuring out why this really kind of hits for people. And I think that you know, as we discussed with Aaron, that Xbox definitely needed more RPGs in their first party stable. And we knew that Fable was something that was rumored to be in development. And I'm glad we finally got a look at it. We didn't get much of a look. Got a nice little cinematic. They're being very tight-lipped about what's happening with development. So that's me means, yo, 2022, 2023. Probably yeah. is about where we're looking. I wonder, I'm going to be curious to know about the development cycle of this, because I feel like if it has been in development, as long as it's been rumored, you'd think they'd be wrapping this boy up by now, but perhaps some shit went down. Well, I mean, I really hope that they plan to release this ahead of Dragon Age 4. I think that it would be potentially pretty bad if those two games came out in, like, close windows. Obviously, they're very different styles of games, right? Like, they're both high fantasy, but very different types of high fantasy, um, for me, I feel like something like Fable feels a little bit more like the stylings of like a Kingdoms of Amalur almost, but obviously mm-hmm. with like the cheeky British humor. Yeah, I think it's accurate, but it's happening. Yay. Now we can stop, stop speculating. Exactly. And boy, oh boy, does that bring us to the end of the Xbox showcase? So 
What we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen, is we're going to take a little quick break. While we're taking that break, we have a fantastic interview with the general manager of Xbox Game Marketing, Aaron Greenberg, for you to check out. And I hope that you guys really enjoy it. He was super fun to talk with. We started out with a couple serious questions because, you know, we had to get those in. But then we had a little bit of fun towards the end uh, with Aaron because, as I mentioned, I've known him for quite a long time. So enjoy that interview. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the rest of the news from the week very briefly before we get into what we've been playing. Stick with us. We'll be right back. What's good, everybody? Andrea and Britt here with the general manager of Xbox Game Marketing, the one and only Aaron Greenberg. Good to see you, my friend. Hello. Nice to see you both. Good to be here. I'm so glad that we were able to steal a few minutes of your time today after the Xbox Games Showcase this morning. I know that you have been doing interviews, what feels like around the clock today. I've seen all of the tweets from everybody. So thank you for joining us. Brittany and I do have a couple questions for you about everything that you guys showed today. Um, I think, you know, it's kind of hard to pick, Britt, like what your favorite part of the of the show was. But like, what would you think Aaron's pa- favorite part of the show was? Do you think he has a favorite game? I think he does. And I think it would probably be Halo Infinite, judging by the shirt he's wearing. It's not like I had a hint or anything. Yeah. Am I I I right with that? You were right, Brett. I would say, yeah, definitely excited for Halo. Um, Halo was the first Xbox game I ever played, and it's great to be able to finally launch another console with Halo and like a spiritual reboot going back you know, to kind of the OG Halo vibes. Uh, this one's going to be very special. And what the team at 343 is building, uh, just a lot of ambition in this product. And I think you saw you saw some of that today. And uh, yeah, so absolutely. Halo Infinite, top of the list. Nailed it. You know, we, we loved the gameplay demo that you guys had kicking off the showcase today. I think fans were really eager to see, you know, a deeper dive. As you and I discussed when we were talking on the Twitch show, we're going to get multiplayer later on. There's still some time before the game comes out, um, but a really nice look at the campaign. And I told Brett that I want to play co-op with her this time. That's great. Do you have a co-op awesome. partner? Who's your co-op buddy in Halo? Uh, well, usually it's Phil, but then like Chris or uh, Chris Lee or like one of the producers because they are usually helping me like get through stuff or not die. Uh, yeah, so. helpful to have one of the devs carry you through it the is. game. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I always try to find who's the most skilled dev and then get them on my team because uh, I'm definitely the one that gets carried, especially in multiplayer. Aaron, same. I'm the one who <laughs> likes to face tank, run into all of the battle and all the danger. And my co-op partner is usually my husband, and he's more of an, a sniper type. So he's just picking off grunts and jackals trying to get me, and I, you know, I'm the same way. I need That's help. Awesome. Please carry That's me. Awesome. Yeah, I'm the Leroy Jenkins of the team. Yeah, same. That's exactly it. Thank you. I'm going to use that from now. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't have to say it. You guys just acknowledge your role. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we I do. have great memories. We're, we were brief, we were bright, and then we were gone. So, it was, yeah. <laughs> they were members. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love it. But I do have a couple serious questions before we get okay. into our, our, our more fun part of the interview. So, yeah. um, this generation for Xbox One went through a lot of iterations, a lot of identities, you know, being there at the beginning and seeing it really kind of promoted as this all-in-one entertainment box to really focusing on this core gaming experience near the end of the life cycle. What are some of the priorities for you and your team going into Xbox Series 
products and this new generation for how you really want people and consumers to see what this box is going to be about? Yeah, it's a great question. I guess I'll do the now we're serious. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, I would say, like, we've been on a journey for many years on this, but I think really it's about putting the players first in everything we do and really becoming more, frankly, obsessed with our customers. Like, what is their feedback? What do they think? What are they doing right? What are we doing wrong? And, you know, um, investing in things that help us, you know, do what we think matters to fans. Game Pass is a great example of that. We think there's a huge opportunity for our players and for developers um, to grow gaming and grow the ecosystem. And Game Pass allows us to do that. We know everybody can't afford to always buy a $60 game of every game they want to play. Um, to be able to enable that kind of value is uh, a big part of that. Investing in more first-party studios. People said, we want more first-party studios, we want more content. So we more than doubled our creative teams there. People want big AAA killer apps at launch. Halo Infinite, we're delivering on that, right? People said they want more role-playing games. Xbox needs more role-playing games. So we've got Wasteland 3, we've got Avowed, we've got... Um, Gosh, I'm going to forget all that. We've got Fable coming. Fable. I'm like, maybe that little <laughs> that little game you. you announced today. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Uh, also, the Outer Worlds from Obsidian. Like, I mean, there's just so many, like, so we just feel like, you know, there. We need more Japanese games. I mean, we're sending Phil over every time we get him on an airplane to go to Japan. He comes back with more Japanese games. You know, being able to say, hey, we're finally bringing Dragon Quest to Xbox One. Xbox Series X is a great example of that. You know, Square trusting us to unveil an entirely, you know, new game reveal today. Super exciting to do that. So, um, you know, Fantasy Star Online, you know, another console launch exclusive. Yakuza. So, you guys are involved yes. in that, too. Yakuza, exactly. And having that in Game Pass. And so it's just been great support from that, from the team there. Um, yeah, so we, we've we never had more role-playing games. We've never had more Japanese games. Uh, we've never had more first-party games. And to be able to deliver that at a great value to our fans in Game Pass and, and frankly, power. Like, that that's what Xbox started was to be the most powerful console wanted to get back to that position. Uh, we did that with the Xbox one X and series X is the evolution of that. Um, so you get all the benefits of speed and performance and next gen. But if you want the most powerful system, uh, we're confident we have built that for you and we will deliver that this holiday. I think there's no doubt from anybody in the gaming community about the value of what you guys built with Xbox game pass, but I was doing some napkin math. And I was like, huh, so for a full year, if I get Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, which is this new combo that you guys recently announced with gold, with Game Pass, including PC access, and Project xCloud, which is like mind-blowing that you get all of that for that price for 15 bucks a month, right? I was like, well, that's about the equivalent of like three big AAA games. I was like, how is Xbox not just going to lose money hand over fist on this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, a lot of people say that. Uh, we always kind of laugh. We just listen. Please don't worry about us. Like Microsoft, <laughs> you're like we're Microsoft gonna make, is good. We're going to make it. I think we're. I think we're going to be okay. So, uh, you know, but, but I mean that it's a different mindset because if you do optimize for profit and you do specifically say because there there is you can either say how do we get as much profit out of each customer or do you pivot that opposite and say, how do we add as much value to our fans? How can we actually over deliver on value? And if you do that, you build fans for life. And if people feel like you're over delivering on value, they want to not only 
continue to use your service, but they want to tell their friends about it. They want, you know, that is actually the most powerful marketing is word of mouth marketing. I can, we can create as many advertisements, as many assets as we want. But if you, if both of you go tell one of your closest friends, you have to get game pass. That's way more effective than any marketing I can do. And for us, we just want to keep adding more and more value. So you feel really good about that. And you feel like you want to go tell your friends about it. And ultimately we think long-term that's the right thing for the business and we'll have long-term benefits for us. But in the short term, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not a big profit play, but we think long-term it works out good for everybody. Well, I mean, clearly it's working now. You guys recently announced how many subscribers you currently have. Did you not? Something we have around over ten million. I mean, so clearly some some people out there think it's a good value. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've quickly become the largest subscription service in gaming. But you're right. Listen, okay, how can we have the PC games and then streaming, giving you access to a huge catalog? of games that you can play on the go, including every first party title that we're bringing new into the service. You get not only a game pass at launch, but you also get to play it on the go. If you're an ultimate member, that's a great value. And uh, so yeah, it's exciting. Now there's some cool things that happen there too, because with streaming, we also get to go into new markets. So there's markets where maybe console market isn't big, or we don't have much of a presence, but we can offer the ability to stream console games from the cloud that unlocks new opportunities for us as well. So there are some business benefits there, but ultimately our core customers that are subscribing to Game Pass, like we just want to keep adding more value for them so they feel good about that investment. Brittany, I, I, I have like a whole like laundry list of questions here, but I don't want to steal all of Aaron's time. Do you have something you'd like to talk to Aaron about? Oh, no. I, I'm just thinking about right around the time we first launched What's Good Games is when Game Pass was first announced and unveiled. And I remember all of us, that episode very specifically, we're sitting around trying to do this. Andrew calls napkin map. You're like, how can they make money off this? How can they? Be? And then here we are, 10 million subscribers later. It's just kind of crazy to see it come full circle. Uh, from a personal perspective, thank you for all the Yakuza work y'all doing. I know <laughs> we just talked about it briefly. But it's crazy to see this game really have a resurgence, especially in the Western market, where I feel like it really hasn't been that popular for a very long time. But you're looking at the hype that's being built around it, and it's just like, yeah, keep adding those babies if you can. And it's so great to hear, yeah, that you guys are sending Phil to Japan more. Like, I know that that has been a criticism of the Xbox exclusive portfolio of, like, it's just sorely missing what people are finding on PlayStation's platform in regards to Japanese games specifically. So it's great to see that. I mean, we're both obviously big Phil fans and it's been awesome to see the direction he's really brought the portfolio since he took over leadership and I'm specifically very excited to see more from your studios we haven't heard from speaking of which from Uh, all of the studios under the Xbox Game Studio umbrella that have not announced what they're talking about is there one studio obviously don't give us any titles or anything not that you would anyway but which (laughs) studio are you like most excited to kind of like keep tabs on what they're working on. Okay, let's. I'm going to pause on answering that question and just go back for one minute. I want to touch on Yakuza if I can. Yeah, like, of course. I think what you get on bread is like really interesting insight. And there are tens of millions of gamers that own an Xbox that have never played the Yakuza franchise, right? And so that's a great example of being able to bring that franchise, bring it to Game Pass, and bring it to a new platform and earn new fans for that franchise, right? Now, Sega's a big company, that's great for them. But you think about what does that mean for like a smaller developer? Like in many cases, being able to reach a bigger audience and drive more engagement means 
going from failure to success, meaning they can invest more in the product, they can sequel that game, they can so getting more people to play your games is a good thing for for gamers, but also a good thing for our development partners. And I think the Yakuza example is a great example of that. Um, and we have the opportunity to do that at scale, not just with Xbox, but also um, with Game Pass. So I, it's great to see that um, many of us around the office like never played Yakuza, so we've been learning, you know, about this magical franchise, and everyone's been kind of raving about it. So it's been kind of fun to to get in and play. Um, so I think that's important. Then on the studios question. For me, I, and I know Andrea's going to say this is a PR answer, but. Um, <laughs> but I would maybe let you fun. off the hook if you actually started calling me Andrea after all these years. And I know that you well, call me Andrea, Andrea as a troll. I know that you do. <laughs> consistently. You can call me Aaron, A. Aaron, whatever you want to call me. So. Okay, Aaron. Uh, you don't mispronounce my name, but I'll take the invite. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. It's all fair enough. So, um, I listen. The, the one of the things I love about my job is being able to go sit down with creative teams and be part of that creative process. And you know, whether they're game designers or artists or audio tech or you know, like just you know, people that are doing like really cool engine work, or whatever it may be. And like that process is so magical. Um, and being able to see that from the early days through prototyping and pre-production into production into like release and then all the sustained stuff they do. So there's a lot of really cool stuff happening. I would say since we've grown our studio teams, being able to go sit down with a lot of the new studios has been incredibly exciting. Um, we haven't announced all of the things that those folks are working on, but there is a number of very exciting projects happening in those teams that you don't know about yet. So I can say that. Um, but when we sat down with Obsidian and we knew they, you know, the first thing they told us about was grounded. They're like, yeah, we're doing the Outer Worlds, but there's this team that's creating this survival. Honey, I shrunk the kids game. Want you guys to see it. Let us know what you think. And we fell in love with the game. We were like, wow, this is no one's going to expect this from you guys. This is really, really fun and cool. Um, and then, of course, they're like, but don't worry. We're also making that big AAA RPG, um, which everyone wants. And we know there's a lot of Pillars fans and just a lot of Obsidian RPG fans. And so um, and get to go on that journey with them, too. So there's a lot of that happening. We can't talk about those other examples, but I think, I don't know. I so just Obsidian is the answer. That's it. So, Aaron, <laughs> what you're saying, Aaron, is yeah. that we're not you're not going to give us the exclusive scoop on what the initiative is up to. <laughs> if that's what you were getting at, here's what I listen. First, I want to say I'm really proud of this team. I think they've quickly become one of the crown jewels of our first party teams, like so fast. And, you know, having the Outer Worlds be one of the game of year noms, having grounded, getting such a really fun response, and then now avowed um, just shows. Oh. And this is a team just. The amount of content they're producing uh, is just just great. So um, what Daryl Gallagher has built is like an Avengers-level cast of talent at the initiative. And if you've seen the folks that they have there across the industry um, from some of the best studios that make some of the greatest games uh, in the industry. So he's assembled that. Um, they are hard at work on some very exciting uh, pro- work. Uh, I'll try to use careful <laughs> words because people expect every word. Uh, and of course, I also want to do right by by our development teams who will pay attention to every word I say about every project. So, of course. Um, yeah. You're listen, under a microscope. As a gamer, like, I don't want anyone to spoil what people are working on. I want to wait. And like, not. when you're ready to show it to me and you're ready to reveal it, 
let's do it. So, you know, that was like, think of like what we did with Hellblade 2, where it was like Ninja Theory didn't say anything. And then when we were ready. We showed it. We unveiled it. And people went nuts. Like, you know, that's the way a game should be revealed. And when they're ready to show that and do that type of reveal, uh, we'll definitely be working hand in hand with them on that. Awesome. Listen, I know you only have a couple minutes left because you, as we mentioned, have a very busy schedule today. So we wanted to have a fun moment picking okay. picking some some of the IPs that were shown in the showcase today and do some quick rapid fire this or that. So for an example, I would ask you which color, blue or red, and then you would be like yellow. No, Brittany. No, that's, no, that's not how the game works. <laughs> You can break the rules. Um, But essentially, like, pick pick an answer, and then we'll move on to the next question. Are you ready? Rapid fire. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. The first questions. Brittany, do you want to take the Halo questions? Then I'll start with State of Decay. Okay. Warthog. Warthog. Driver or passenger? Driver. You can only take one. The needler or the grappling hook? Grappling hook. Covenant. Jackal or grunt? Grunt. Cortana or Roland? Cortana. You're in PvP. Shotgun or energy sword? <laughs> energy sword. Leroy Jenkins. See, I told you. That's <laughs> yes, my style. I was like, Brittany, the energy sword is like the de facto. We got to bring it up. Uh, okay, so, so now we're going to talk about State of Decay. Uh, what's a worse death? Zombie deer or zombie wolf? Zombie deer. I mean, I'm still having nightmares from that zombie deer. Like, I mean, we went and spent time at Undead. By the way, I love the folks at Undead. They are so passionate. They What they've created with, like, survival zombie fantasy. Like, there's nothing like State of Decay. And to be able to have them go build, like, a big AAA State of Decay 3, and you saw that, like, zombie deer? I mean... (laughs) Listen, I've been around the zombie block many a time since I was a wee lass, and I've never, ever seen a zombie deer. That was a first, and that was terrifying. Yeah, that's the idea. That is the idea. So, first to zombie deer, I think we can claim that. Um, And I also thought, like, kudos to the team. We worked really carefully with them on that reveal. I thought that was one of the best, like, new reveals, kind of creatively um, just just love the way that showed up. Uh, That's all, you know, true to what the team is going to be building with the game. Um, So we don't just go off, just, you know, we don't just go off and, like, create a reveal trailer. We sit down with, like, every part of the team and really, like, what are, how are we innovating? What are we adding? What are we doing differently? How do we bring that to life? And then, we know that like this is kind of the first taste and then there's more to reveal over time. Um, but yeah, you get a sense of what they're doing with State of K3. And um, yeah, I'd say Zombie Deer definitely still free. Every time I watch that trailer, I get freaked out. At the end. Oh, I, it's definitely scary. But next rapid fire question. What kind of yeah. co-op player are you? Resource gatherer or zombie killer? Uh, I... I I don't, I'm not, I can be either. Uh, I guess I would say zombie killer if I had to pick one. Sorry. I'm okay. Yeah. I mean, th- that's the, that's the way the game works, Aaron. You got to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Aaron. Let's go. Okay. okay we okay. have one with Ori and a will the wisp next. Yeah. Baby ass baby mode. Give me the story or maximum platforming difficulty madness. Give me the story. Yes. That's a what's good mode. game classic baby Make ass baby cry. mode. Make me cry. <laughs> okay. Fable. The fairy or the toad? Team fairy toad. or team toad? 
Team Toad. Oh, you monster. <laughs> that poor fairy was trying to live its best life. Oh. We had to work on the crunch. It wasn't loud enough. We kept adding more crunch. That's I awful. Say, I love that. I love that little taste at the end. It's so perfect. So on brand for Fable. So perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. Since Obsidian is your baby, you might have trouble answering this one. You can only pick one RPG, The Outer Worlds or Avowed. 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 Yeah. Avowed because it's, I mean, come on. Swords and magic. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Avowed. And then yeah. we have one more obsidian question. Grounded. Would you rather fight alongside a single spider or an army of ants? Ants. I'm going to turn off the spiders. They freak me out. <laughs> they are kind <laughs> of you know, I might do that too. That's a great but That question. is, you guys know that's a mode, right? You can turn yes. off the spiders. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Next. Yeah. What's more terrifying for you? The medium or stalker two? Stalker 2. That thing gave me the creeps. Yeah. All right. And the but last. Also, I thought one of the best reveals. I thought Stalker 2 was one of our, from our partners, one of the very best reveals. Certainly a surprise. Um, yeah. Did not see it coming at all. And I'm not like super familiar with the Stalker, um, the, the original game. And so when, when the sequel came up, I was just like, huh, I feel like I got to go back and revisit this. That's the idea. We can shine a spotlight on a, you know, like, really high quality original game critically acclaimed and maybe not enough people probably played the first one and hopefully by putting a spotlight on the second one uh, and putting it in game pass and really making it a hero for us we can we can we can grow that franchise for them that's our that's our hope all right final question in the new generation are you going to become a digital gamer or are you holding on to your discs for dear life i'm all digital i'm digital everything i'm digital yep. <laughs> I'm all, I've gone digital. So uh, with that said, we know a lot of our fans want physical. Yes, there'll be a still book for Halo at, you know, mini retailers and, and all that. So the collectibles don't go away, but, but I'm, I'm digital. Uh, absolutely. You know, I feel like I'm going to have to get there eventually, but I still like my discs. And I definitely like the 4K Blu-ray Xbox player. Like, it's that was like such a big win for Xbox One over PS4. I was like, but the 4K Blu-ray! And I felt like I was just shouting into the void and people didn't get it. <laughs> yep, if you, your 4K Blu-rays will still work. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, Series X awaits await your 4K Blu-ray collection. <laughs> hey, I don't need your I don't need your digital judgment on my analog media. Okay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> okay. Does listen. yours have like the zipper that like goes around and like flips up, and, like the cassette holder, like like how yes. big of a 4K Blu-ray? Yes, I do. I have, have like a, with you, right. I have a bunch. I have a bunch of them literally on the other side of this wall on that shelf. And sometimes John gives me a hard time for it. Sometimes he doesn't. And that's fine. Because he also has his collection of CDs that we still have hanging out in a box in this house somewhere. So, Wow. Don't you wow me, Brittany. I'm going to guess John is a bigger hoarder than you. That would be my guess. Honestly? Uh, mm, It's a toss-up. But neither of us are a bigger hoarder than Brittany. I like to collect video game stuff, as you can tell, probably. I can see a little Wait, hold on. Let me see if I can get Brittany's... Hold on, I no didn't. Shot. I didn't. I didn't frame this properly. Let's do this. It's Let fine. me show you. Oh, Let me goes. show here you the madness the that is Brittany Brombacher's <laughs> collection. Let me get it big for you. This is just one room, Aaron. This is just one wow. room. Wow, I see some N64 cartridges. I'll yeah, see if I can flip it a little bit. There's some more stuff oh my over God. there. Mass I love it. Bioshock, love your it. Mass Effect Bioshock. You got the Master Bioshock. Chief helmet from Halo Three up there. Nice, nice. Yeah. So, yeah, and no, that's I, just I, one, one room. Finish the fight. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's great. 
That's legit. Yeah, you've got gamer like legit game. Oh yeah, it won't awful. fit. Not with I your head. Not with your headphones on. No, I yeah. know. I didn't think it was so big, but alas. I've been wearing mine a lot on work calls. Um, <laughs> I'd say about half the time people think it's funny. The other half, they're like. Who is that? So, um, Aaron 117 yeah. reporting for duty. Let's go. Exactly. Yeah. Well, listen, Aaron, we could have fun with you all afternoon, but I'm sure, I'm sure the PR guy is like, um, excuse me, excuse me, we PR, gotta go. Really? Um, so yeah. thank you so much for, for chatting with us today. We're very excited for the launch of Xbox Series X, which uh, with this fantastic slate of games. And I'm sure it's not the last we're going to hear from you. There's a uh, more gaming stuff to happen before launch. So, uh, enjoy the rest of your day and, uh, we'll see you later. Bye, Aaron. Awesome. Thank you both. Welcome back. It's the second segment of the What's Good Games podcast. Thanks for sticking with us. We know that this has been a bit of a monster of an episode, but so much happened this week in the world of gaming. We wanted to make sure that we discussed all of it. Plus, we have the fantastic Zombie Kills joining us this week. But now is the time where we're going to do just a quick little wrap-up of the remaining news items, and then we're going to talk about what we've been playing. And this week, segment two is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Now, I know what most of you are thinking. Why don't you use incognito mode? You may be thinking, well, I do use incognito mode, Andrea. And then I would say, "Mm, do you though? Do you really? Because let me tell you something. Incognito mode does not hide your activity. It does not matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history. Your internet service provider can still see every single website that you've ever visited. And Brittany... And you have some skeletons in your website closet? I do. So as many of you know, I have recently become addicted to the Yakuza franchise. And someone once said, hey, Britt, you should Google Rule 34 Yakuza. Now, are you ladies familiar with Rule 34? Anything can no. be found on the internet, right? If it exists, there's porn yeah, of it. there is. Oh, there is. Yeah. Okay. So my little naive ass went to uh, Google, typed in Rule 34 Yakuza, and boy, oh boy, I saw some of my favorite heroes in positions that I never kind of sort of wanted to ever see. So yes, Andrea, I do have some skeletons in my browsing history. <laughs> only only if someone was looking over my shoulder at that right moment would have been real weird, would have been hard yeah. to explain away. I don't know if those are skeletons, but I do love that <laughs> that somebody at Comcast or whoever your provider is like, oh, okay, I know what her kink is now. Um, <laughs> but let me continue on, shall I? Uh, yes. Because it's not even when Brittany's at home or when I'm at home or when you're at home because – you can also bring ExpressVPN on the go because it doesn't matter who you get your internet from or where you are. ExpressVPN can help you hide your Yakuza dirty <laughs> secrets oh, because ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so ISPs can't see the sites that you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Now, most of the time, you probably don't even realize that ExpressVPN is running. I know I don't mm-hmm. until I see that comforting little icon in the upper right-hand corner of my computer and go, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm protected. Because it runs seamlessly in the background and is so easy to use, and all you have to do is tap a button, and boom, protection. 
<laughs> ExpressVPN is available on all of your devices, phones, computers, even your smart TV. So there's no excuse to not be using it. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired. And visit What's Good Games exclusive ExpressVPN.com link at expressvpn.com slash what's good games. Man, you guys knew that's what the address was going to be. We tell you this all the time. If you go to that link, you're going to get an extra three months free on your one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash what's good games. Expressvpn.com slash what's good games to learn more. Yakuza porn. Yakuza porn. <laughs> All right, ladies, let's talk a little bit about Rocket League. So we're just going to briefly touch on this because they gave an update. They have previously announced that they're going to be working with the Epic Game Store. And now we know that Rocket League is officially going free to play this summer. And they put all of their details on RocketLeague.com. Because clearly a lot of people in the Rocket League community had a bunch of questions about this. And they're like, yeah, but what about all the other stuff? And what about my game on Steam? I'm not going to be able to play it anymore. And they're like, yes, you will. You just won't be able to buy a new copy on Steam. Because it's going to be released exclusively on the Epic Game Store for PC. Which was a big uproar when it was announced. But it's like, yo, if you're still playing it on Steam, you can still... You can still play it. They've said that they're going to keep supporting it. But if you did play it previously and you're a legacy player, you're going to get a bunch of free stuff when it goes free to play. And if you guys want to learn all about that, of course, head on over to their website. But Britt, speaking oh. of Yakuza, there oh. was some, uh, some news this week. Yes, there sure was. Okay, so this comes from IGN. Yakuza Like a Dragon, PS5 version, English dub, and more announced. This comes from our friend at IGN, our friends. We have more than one friend at IGN. Anyway, so Yakuza Like a Dragon is coming to PS5 along with previously announced platforms and will include an English voice dub option, the cast of which includes the legendary George Takei as antagonist Masumi Arakawa. Revealed exclusively as part of IGN's coverage of Comic-Con at home, the game will arrive in November 2020 for Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and PC via Windows Store and Steam. It will be released as a launch title for Xbox Series X this holiday, and the PS5 version will, quote, release at a later date. We knew previously that the game would release a free upgrade across Xbox platforms using the Smart Delivery program, but Sega has confirmed that a PlayStation 5 upgrade path is also being planned for the Western release. The game will also receive full English, French, Italian, German, and Spanish subtitles. And then it goes on about the different collector's editions you can get if you pre-order them. They're just kind of like extra characters and extra skins and cool things, but there's not like an epic like collector's edition. No like Ichiban statue that I desperately want. Anyway... Zombie, have you played the Yakuza games? I haven't, and everybody keeps telling me to okay. play them. Everybody's like... I am one of those yeah, people. Yeah, play them. So I think I'm going to give it a turn. I think I, I think it definitely is something that I feel like I need to try. Yeah, and it's on Game Pass. Yakuza 0 and Kiwami and Kiwami 2. So you want to start with 0 and then work your way up. Anywho, this is interesting because the only Yakuza games that have ever had an English dub, I believe, were, was the first and second mm-hmm. back on the old consoles. And now, and all these characters, okay, let me start over. So Judgment, which was the spinoff, had an English voice cast, and that game performed very well. And I'm wondering if how much of that had to do with the fact that it did include an English dub, because I know some folks just aren't, they don't want to listen to the Japanese audio. Like, it's just not something that interests them, but if you slap some English in there, they're like, okay, this is cool. And of course, there's other reasons for that as well. Maybe, you know, they have a hard time reading subtitles, or there could be another reason. So no judgment there. No pun intended. So it's interesting that we're getting like a dragon, which is essentially Yakuza 7, 
but it's now getting an English cast. And what I'm most excited about is that they're going to be giving my Kazuma Kiru and husband, Goro Majima, English voice actors. Who's going to play them? It's going to be weird. I'm absolutely going to play in Japanese first because that's just like how I prefer to play my Yakuza games. But it's going to be... like people touching your stuff? Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the valid reason. Yeah, you got it. Thanks. Uh, But yeah. Anywho, cool, exciting. I think this is great. I think this opens up the door, like I was saying, to maybe more people who might not be interested. Otherwise, they want the English. Cool. Won't judge you. But let's go. So Microsoft Store actually set a date of November thirteenth or November twelfth. It was one or the other. Um, which is admittedly a little later than I would like to get my Yakuza fix, but so zombie, I binge all the Yakuza games this year in a span I've, of two I've been months, so. I've been watching you, yeah. That's okay. Yeah, it's been seven games in two months, and I still want more. I want them so bad. I want it so bad. <laughs> I didn't realize you you did it in only two months. I thought it'd been longer than that. No, it was all of March and all of April. You forget twenty twenty. Each month is like a year. It feels yeah, yeah feels longer. Yeah, it was a lot. Anywho, That's wild. Awesome news. Let's go into it. Yakuza. Like a dragon. Yakuza. <laughs> like a dragon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the next story is a little bit of a, of, of a womp womp. Because, like, at first, you're like, oh, this seems like it'd be a good thing. And then you're like, oh, no. Why do, why do we can't have nice things? Why is this a thing that somebody fucks up all the time? Um, so this story comes from IGN. The U.S. Army is going to reportedly halt Twitch activities after backlash. So this has been a developing story over the last couple of weeks, and so this is the latest update. The United States Army will suspend its activities on the streaming platform Twitch for the time being due to the negative backlash the organization has received in recent weeks. According to reporter Rod Slasher Breslau, who's just getting all the scoops these days, the negative response to the Army's activities on Twitch include orchestrating giveaways that led to recruitment pages, which Twitch banned, and blocking users from asking about war crimes in the channel's chat section have made the army reconsider its outreach efforts online. On the same day, reports appeared that the U.S. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez excuse me, uh, will file a measure that will prevent the United States military from trying to recruit applicants through video games, especially esports and streaming platforms like Twitch. As reported by Vice, a draft amendment has been filed on July 22nd to the House Appropriations Bill that would stop the military from using funds to, quote, maintain a presence on Twitch.com or any video game, esports, or live streaming platform. So... This story is actually quite a bit more than this little recap, but I think it's a good kind of starting off point because, um, Zombie, you said that you've actually had some firsthand experience. Yeah, so I talked about this kind of before it started making the media. I saw somebody saying, you know, that the Army was offering a giveaway in the chat, and I had a friend who's on the Army esports team. So I went myself (laughs) and went and clicked on the link and was – to get a free Xbox, like enter yourself into a giveaway. You've got to click this link. How many times have you done that on a Twitch channel? Uh, I mean, a lot. We all do it. Um, click the link. Instantly went to a recruitment page. Um, no mention of the Xbox or anything. And outraged. <laughs> like, I'm outraged. I'm outraged by it. I was upset by it. I'm upset by it. Uh, I AOC has done a damn good job. She brought it today to get the house appropriations bill for it um i think it's predatory i think it's very predatory towards children um etc and they're like oh what's wrong with the military okay 
no matter what you feel about things, I think that indoctrinating children into careers that could risk their life or, or limb, you know, for other people's gains is scary for me. Um, and I think the fact that they are misleading their viewers and their followers into what they're doing is the real predatory issue. If you want to be open that you're using this as a recruitment tool, join our army esports team. So you don't have to actually go kill people. You can just kill people in games, you know, like cool, but let's be very clear about what we're doing. This is a recruitment. You know, this is a tool that you're using. It's like going into a high school. It's like doing many things. And I, I was very personally upset um, as a streamer on Twitch as somebody who values the integrity of the platform, I personally want to see the platform take more actions against predatory issues like this. Uh, this is a platform that's technically not for children, right? It's supposed to be, but children, it's marketed heavily towards that. Children love games. They come in here and they want to watch them. And the last thing I want is my kids clicking on a link, thinking they're going to get an Xbox and then being used as, to a recruitment channel. It's uh, I think the U.S. military should be kind of ashamed that that's where they're at. You know, like you're tricking people into signing up for recruitment. Like, I just find it really upsetting. And I it didn't come down yeah. fast enough. It didn't come down fast enough. They knew about it for a few days before media outlets picked it up. And Twitch is a big company. They're not going to see everything that happens all the time. But there should be people that are monitoring these large accounts of corporations, possibly. I think maybe government account for sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's, absolutely. It's it's hard because I feel like there's a lot to unpack yeah. here and I'm incredibly conflicted hearing this story. We've spoken on the show before about how all three of us come from military families and I'm a multi-generation, you know, um, person from a military family. And it's I've always had a lot of respect for people who serve yeah. because I think that there's a lot of honor in serving. And I absolutely think that there's an incredible overlap between video games and you know, active duty, you know, members of the armed forces and veterans, yeah. right? We do a lot of work with our friends at stackup.org, right? Who the red shirts who we see at all of the events or used to see at the events oh. in, in talking about how video games have been a safe space. Therapeutic. Have, yeah. They, exactly. Mm -hmm. And they, they have a whole mental health program around video games and how, you know, military and video games. And I'm a military wife. I am an ex-military wife. I was married to somebody who was in the military, who was in the honor guard of the United States Army, went to West Point, all the all the big things. And I just can't be proud yeah. of that. I can't, I can't be proud of that. I just, there's ways to do it. If I, people want to serve, let them serve. But let's not prey on people. And also, let's yes, not make it 100%. something it's not. It's is a very difficult job. Mm -hmm. It is a it is a very tumultuous uh, path that you could lead somebody on. The military sometimes leaves a lot of broken people in its wake on both sides of the story. There are no good guys and no bad guys when it comes down to war, period. Uh, it's hard. So for me to think that you're going to go out and you're going to target kids, the whole idea of an Army eSports League uh, and rec as a recruitment tool is problematic for me. Uh, as a way for soldiers who aren't maybe active duty anymore to cope and to deal and use as cognitive behavioral therapy, 1,000%. I would love to see that and support that because those men and women deserve that very, very much. Um, but as a recruitment tool to pull in little babies, nah. That's a... Yeah, I, I think that you make such a great point about the idea of esports being really conflated with actual war. And while I think that... 
you know, AOC's quotes and things are probably going to be taken out of context. And a lot of people are going to be like, what business does she have talking about the military? She's never served. And I think that there's, you know, some validity Validity, to that argument, right? Um, And saying like, hey, we want a representative who's either served or who has been close with the military to really kind of weigh in on this. I think what's interesting about what she is saying is like, hey, we need to have eyes on the idea that we don't want to cross the wires between young children as you mentioned and i think really what we're talking about here is teens teens right like mid mid teens to late teens because really like that's who recruitment is geared yes. at because that's who they can recruit cuz like joining the army is or joining the the navy like there while there are amazing career paths in the armed forces and my mom would be so mad at me if i came on on my show and tried to to wax poetic about how bad it is to be in the armed forces because it's not. There's a lot of really amazing job opportunities in the armed forces that have nothing to do with being deployed in active duty combat zones. But at the end of the day, the armed forces are by design meant to be just that. They're meant to be like the heavy. They're meant to be the muscle to protect us. And there's a really difficult, slippery slope when you bring young people in who are used to playing in simulated violence situations and saying, hey, we're now going to put you in a real world violence situation. And they don't adequately prepare them mentally for what that change is going to do to them. To their person. And how it's going to yeah. exactly and how it's going to stay with them and affect them. And the the government has shown that they're just not doing enough to support veterans when they come back or active duty when they come back. Even if they choose to continue to serve, they're not getting the proper support, both physically and mentally. And or financially. That needs to be wrestled with. <laughs> or financially. I mean, I think that it is, it, is no, it is no argument that like our active duty and veterans need more support across the board for the sacrifice that they gave to this country. And I think that there's a way that this could be done responsibly but this ain't it (laughs) i will respectfully say this Uh, i very much am very different uh from from my broken ex-husband uh who was broken very much by the military in the time that he served i very much have a very different view having lost uh my brother-in-law to suicide who is also a soldier as well uh five years ago I don't have such a nice look at what I think when I think about what the United States military is really doing. Um, and I also don't have a good look at what I think when they're recruiting these people, children, let's, teens, let's say it without their fully developed frontal lobes, because my teen is not going to have that. Uh, <laughs> I definitely didn't. Made a lot of dumb choices as a teenager. Um, we all don't know the scopes of our actions when we're that age. It's a proven fact that our brains are still in infantry, like they're still young. But it's also a proven fact that if you don't go to college and you go straight into the military, you do go into the infantry. Let there be no mistake that you do go into the lower ledges of the military. And the lower ledges of the military can wind you up very much in combat um, at some point. If we're in an active occupation, if we're in anything, as we have been for a very, very long time, um, so for me, it is a moral, uh, a moral dilemma. There is very much the integrity of the United States military is on display here. And whatever you believe about the United States military, if you do have any upstanding ideas about it, one of the things that you do want to have for them is that they do have integrity and you want them to have more than that. And, uh, I think they just need to do better. I don't think that they should remove 
the esports league. I, I don't know what they're doing here, and I don't know where these wires are getting crossed, but it's just like an advertisement on Twitter if you're a paid person, right? Like you're being, we should just let people know what it is. Like just be upfront about what you're doing. I think a lot of transparency helps lead to a better understanding of things because no one minds if you're telling us you're a recruiter, but pretending to sell me an Xbox and recruiting children ain't it. Agreed. Brittany, you got anything? No, nailed it. Both of you. I was, (laughs) I was, I was looking because I know Twitch is also part of Twitch rivals. And so they have sponsorship and I was wondering if that had been pulled. So that's what I was looking, trying to look up. And I feel like it maybe has been, but I can't find the article. Yeah, it's interesting because like a whole other wrinkle, which I do not want to get into because I do want to talk about what we've been playing, um, is this idea of the bans about talking about the war crimes because Twitch has for a long time had an anti-politics stance and we know that Twitch does not have the best track record about enforcing that stance. Obviously, it took until very recently for the president's Twitch channel to be shut down um, and there is forever an ongoing debate about what free speech is on the platform and where free speech has a place. And I would just kindly remind people Twitch is not a public platform. It is a privately held platform and they can do whatever the fuck they facts. want. And Big you facts. Don't have to li- you don't have to like it. I don't, I don't think <laughs> you don't have you to know, like it. You don't have to You use don't it. have to like it. You don't have to use it. Don't bite the hand that feeds you. But at the end of the day, I actually think there's a big space on Twitch for politics and activism. I do think that there is a space for it. And I think it's a growing space. A lot of their partners are now political partners who like to talk about these things. But we have to toe lines with this type of stuff. We, we really do. And uh, it needs to be being monitored. That's for damn sure. And I don't care if you're the president of the United States or, you know, some whack job on the Internet. Like, just, oh, I think they're the same. same. They're the same. Plot twist. They're the same. It's too Oops. real. It's too real. It's too real, but they're okay. the same. I just feel like we got to do that, guys. We don't mean to wax poetic on you about politics, but don't be douchebags and don't recruit children for selling drugs or for being in the military. Either way. Either way. You know? Yeah. I feel like that's uncontroversial. <laughs> but it is. In 2020, everything's controversial. Where are we? Literally, literally everything. What do you mean? You breathe oxygen, you monster. Well, that's where we're at. People won't not breathe oxygen with a mask over their face. It's wild. Oh, fuck it's wild. No. Jesus. Oh. <laughs> we're here. Here we are. What? Wear a mask? What are you even talking about? Oh, wait. I know. I wear a mask in a game called Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, segue. How about that segue? That was clean. That was clean. It was impressive. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I do want to get into what we've been playing because I do want to hear about what Zombie's been playing in Dead by Daylight because I haven't visited that game. But I want to follow up on the conversation that we kicked off about Ghost of Tsushima last week. Obviously, the game just came out. Uh, last week, you guys heard from Brittany and Steimer and Re about what they had been playing in Ghost of Tsushima. At that time, I had played literally zero minutes of the game. And based off some of the comments that I've seen online, there was some confusion about people being like, why is Andrea harping on this game and she hasn't even played it? And I'm like, yo, I wasn't harping on it. I was asking questions to stimulate conversation. Look at that. And then Look I at that. The- you can't ask questions in 2020? Surprise. <laughs> nope. Definitely not because apparently you ask questions and, all, and I, I, I'm criticizing the game and I hate it, which is 
absolutely untrue. I started streaming the game from the very beginning um, on our channel. So if you guys want to watch the opening hours of Ghost of Tsushima, uh, you can do that on the VOD on the Twitch channel. And after that, I went down a rabbit hole and sunk another 15 to 20 hours in the game over the last couple of days because I was really enjoying my time. But some of the concerns that I had after our conversation are pretty much validated. But you know what? I honestly don't care that the game is broken in a couple ways. It's so I'm having a lot of fun. It's so weird seeing the bugs that you're sharing and other folks as well because I didn't have a single one. It's crazy that, how that works. That's awesome that you haven't. I've had a ton oh, of yeah. bugs. They're funny but, as hell though. But the bugs, the bugs aside, because I feel like all open world <laughs> games suffer from a little bit of bugs. But like, the, I've had like quite a few. Uh, to the point where I'm like, oh, this is this is getting close to being a little bit like mm, this is too Penis much jank. flute. Yeah, too I much mean, jank. I don't know. Ugh. Did you see my Did you see my uh, skin flute? Post I did see that. Zombie? I did see that. I, oh I think I liked God. it. I think I liked it. I went like the. <laughs> I love that shit. I, Apparently, I like- this bug was very this bug was very prevalent. So the bug that I'm referring to, if you guys are listening <laughs> or watching, you're like, what the heck is she talking about? So in the game, um, Jin, who is the Jin Sakai, who is the samurai, who is the lead of the game, um, he had his arms essentially like glued to his side, <laughs> but his hands were still moving freely, but his arms weren't moving. And so, of course, you can imagine the hilarity when a man's hands are right next to his genitals and he literally has a flute that he can whip out and play in the game <laughs> on command. I just what? love how this turned into like a 14-year-old girl conversation <laughs> instantly. We all start Welcome giggling. To every week on What's Good Game. <laughs> we all start giggling. Ah, penises. penises. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, ew, it's a, it's a dick joke. Um, while the, the flute joke was funny, the almost funnier clip was me trying to do combat because so many of... The samurai stances involve Jin holding the sword like above his head, but I couldn't do that. And even trying to use the bow and arrow, he's like the the arrow and the bow are like clipping through the body as I like oh, trying to no. hold it, but like my hands are like down at my waist, and it was it was it was hysterical. Um, and the only way I could get rid of it is by fast traveling because I tried going into cutscenes, I tried wow. initiating conversations. No, the only thing that fixed it was like a full loading loop. Dang. So, yeah, it was it was it was bad. But here here are kind of like my top level thoughts okay. is that the game is really fun at a couple of of key things. First, like I really like the way that they've broken down combat. I think it's a nice marriage between some of the hack and slash that we've seen, but it feels more approachable and it feels like I can feel powerful by mastering and learning the parry and the evasive skills, but it's not nearly as deep and complex as something like Sekiro. I've seen so many people, excuse me, try to compare this to Sekiro. And I was like, don't even go there. Sekiro's combat was innovative and beautiful and like from software is in a league of their own when it comes to combat design and sucker punch combat is just not, is just not there. So I don't think they're comparable. That doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that's not what this game was about, right? This game is about open world exploration. This is about a samurai's journey. This is about, you know, discovery. And it's not about like this really highly balanced, fine tuned samurai combat. I feel like they're very different style games, though. They're, 
aesthetic setting is the same. I also think that they stole a lot of things from Assassin's Creed. <gasps> I mean, this almost feels like the Assassin's Creed samurai game that everybody wanted in Japan, but it's not Assassin's Creed. Um, Zombie, have you played any of Ghost of Tsushima? I have not, and I... Uh... It reminds me from what I've watched of everybody playing of a game called Tenchu. Oh, yes. Mm. So, so like Tenchu is like the original, yeah, right? Yeah. Like it's one of the old school games. It's honestly like Assassin's Creed drew inspiration from Tenchu. Yeah. And like there's a lot of games that say that they took stealth elements from Tenchu. And I feel like that is probably a better a better comparison. But I think for my personal gaming history, I've just spent far more time in the Assassin's Creed yeah. franchise. And so I look at what they've been doing with more modern open world stuff. Because when was the last Tenchu that we got? I don't know. I'm really old. Please don't remind me. I, uh, <laughs> I'm really old. I'm really I'm well, we're, we're pretty much the same age, just as an FYI. Yeah. Um, also, I love that one of the first questions that came up in Google is Sekiro a Tenchu game. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I feel like when I watched no. it, I just feel like I'm watching maybe an updated version of Tenchu from what I saw of like your gameplay the other day when you were playing and what I've been watching from other people. So like, yeah, it looks cool. But like, it's Tenchu. <laughs> yeah. So the first Tenchu release of Tenchu was in 1998 okay. yeah. with Tenchu Stealth Assassins. And the latest release was in February of 2009 yeah. with Tenchu Shadow Assassins. Yeah. So it's been a while, been a while. since we've got a Tenchu game. Why has that franchise come back? Because this is here. It's just like it's the same thing. <laughs> Apparently, it's the same well, thing. No, no, it's because from it's because from software is making is making Bloodborne yeah. and making the Soul series and it's, obviously making Sekiro. It's just very right? derivative. Um, I think it's pretty. I like the cool photos. I've been seeing everyone taking so many photos. It's like when Animal oh, Crossing photos first came out seen. and everyone was like, snip, 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 snip. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I think obviously we need more photo modes and more games because <laughs> people really dig it. But like for me, I just didn't see anything that was just like, I need to do this except for... Saw somebody riding on a horse, like, through this beautiful field. Oh, and it was, yeah. like, so pretty. And I was like, I don't know. I could kind of get the game for that. But, like, am I going to spend the money for that? Mm, I don't know. Just to ride no. around on a horse. Yeah, no, it's probably no, not and, worth it. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm with you that there are so many of these amazing cinematic moments that you stop in a field of flowers and you can, like, see all the leaves falling or you're standing over a cliff looking down at the waterfall and, of course, the endless gifts, videos, clips, everything of all of the fox shrines, right? We talked about the fox dens previously and how cute the foxes are. But I think what really just kept sticking with me was that the game is really pretty, but it's still not pushing graphics the way that I am expecting at the end of this no. generation. I honestly think that... We've seen other games, other open world games, do much more graphically. Now, to be clear, that does not take away from my enjoyment of this yeah. game at all. I still think this game is really fun. I think I'm just a little bit disappointed in certain aspects of the game. But it's not prohibiting me from liking the game or having fun or thinking that this is a really good, competent game. I just think that some of the side stories are a little bit samey-samey, and I feel like there's a lot of repetition. And I think that 
there's not a lot of personality in some of the writing in the game and that Jin as a character still feels a bit shallow. And I want more from that when I'm looking at a top like game of the year contender for me and go like, if does this game stand head and shoulders above all of the other games that have not only come out this year, but maybe have come out previous year that are similar in style. And I just like cannot say yes, but that doesn't mean I'm not having a fucking blast playing yeah. this game. I like that. It's I like that. Be- it's going to be interesting because this game ticks all of my boxes, right? I think this is, like Andrew was saying, one of the most beautiful games I've ever played. And graphically, it's probably not, like, top tier, top of the top. But the colors and the vibrancy and the way things are paired up, you just have those moments where, like, oh, my God, I want – well, I was going to say I want to bang it, but that would be really weird. Well, I mean, 10 out of 10 leaf like, tech, okay? Oh, like, the leaf, the leaf are particle like, effects, good. Real good, yeah. And for me, like, I love the simplicity of the dialogue, and I like the side stories. And it's and that's where I think it, it gets really interesting is if it ticks your boxes, it ticks your boxes. But universally, I don't think this is going to be a game when you think of something like God of War, for example. I know we always go back to that, but I feel like that was one of the biggest and one of the last games where everyone's like, this is a masterpiece. This just nails it across the board. Yeah. This game, I think a lot of personal preference comes into play. And so it's interesting to hear the different opinions about certain aspects of it. Yeah. I mean, and like people, there's a big debate about the word masterpiece. And I actually really love um, going back to, you know, friend of the show, Alana Pierce, on her personal channel, she put out a video talking about 10 out of 10 review scores and like what they actually mean. And I really thought that her discussion about it was poignant and well done like most of the stuff she does we love Alana um and talking about how like you know masterpieces kind of have different vibes for everybody but I think the reason why I'm so averse to the word masterpiece particularly with this game is just because technically there was just so much broken about the game and in my mind like you know we can like we can wax poetic about narrative like clearly we did with the last of us part two right like Rihanna and I were like no that game was really really good wasn't a masterpiece for us and Brittany and Steimer were like yo this game is like the goat and I think that there's a little bit more of a gray area there but for me this game was like this game is super fun super competent I think Sucker Punch is a competent studio but like there's just too much still like not elevated enough with what they did because when I look at this game there's really nothing about this game that is pushing the envelope in any way The narrative isn't doing really exciting new things. The gameplay is something we've seen before many times. The even the open world stylings are things that we've seen before. But all of that table flip don't matter because it's still really fun. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that there's space to have that conversation. And it's been frustrating that some people online choose to come at me when I have criticisms about a game as if I can only have a, a one-way opinion on a game. And it's like, no, like, I'm allowed to recognize that the game has failings, but also recognize that I can overlook those failings because, like, I still love it. It's almost like loving somebody. You love somebody because you know they're not a perfect oh. person. They've got some shit that you just can't stand. But you know what? Overall, shit's amazing. But then you're like, oh, that thing irritates me, but I still love it. It's yeah, it's fat. The whole online discourse is so fascinating because obviously, like, I think I love this game much more than Andrea does. But am I getting mad at Andrea for having an opinion? Absolutely <laughs> not. Because it's her imagine, yeah, imagine it's her fucking opinion. She's allowed to have it as I'm allowed to have mine. You have to learn to respect that because that's where con- or not concourse. What am I trying to say? Discourse, 
Thank you, baby girl. I was going to say concrete. I'm like, no, that's not right, right either. Discourse comes in. Constructive discourse. That's where I was coming from. Comes in and you really can learn the viewpoints of other people. And I think that's how we learn and grow. Not only in video games, but as humans in general. It's good to listen to people and have constructive conversations. It's okay. I don't need... Uh, anyway, I could. Go, that's a whole other rabbit hole that I don't want to go down. No, but it's, it's words to live by. But yeah. like, so like, I, I'm excited to keep playing. I honestly don't know if I'm going to finish the game because I played boy. most of the first act swapping between um, medium and easy because I went up to medium and I stayed there for quite a while. I did actually did like the big, the big thing at the end of act one. Uh, and then once I got through act one, I did the first couple of missions and I was like, you know what? This is taking a long time. Let me drop this back down to easy and like swipe, swipe, swipe and just like <laughs> kill people much faster. Um, but I feel like I don't, I don't know if I'm compelled to see this story through to the end, but I'm really compelled to see more of the beautiful landscapes and of course pet more of the little foxes. Of course. They're very cute. But um, I don't know if I'm going to finish this game, but I'm glad that I've played. I've sunk probably 20 plus hours in at this Oof. point and maybe I'll stream a little bit more, but... Um, I'm glad that I spent some time with it because I think it's a, a really good game that does a lot of things really well. It just wasn't quite hitting the notes that I wanted because I feel like I'm going to get all of the things that I want from Ghost of Tsushima with Assassin's Creed Valhalla later this year. I'm going to be so fascinated. So, Zombie, I've never finished an Assassin's Creed game. I get like maybe 15, 20 hours in and then I burn out. And it's so interesting to me to hear the comparisons between Ghost and Assassin's Creed because with Ghost, I was compelled to find everything, find all the collectibles, find all of the little fox ends or the shrines or the bamboo strikes because I love being in that world so much. And I've never had that feeling with an Assassin's Creed game. So when Valhalla comes out, it's going to be like, ooh, how does this hold my attention? What is it? But who knows? Like, I'd be, I'm going to be interested to know what this, the map comparison is between the two games as well. Oh, I feel like... I feel like Valhalla is definitely going to be bigger than Ghost. <laughs> no, no, uh, Ghost no. Look at my Ghost eyes. Ghost ended up being a lot bigger than I thought, but like None. mad props to Sucker Punch for that fast travel system. Oh, God so good. bless you. God bless you in your fast. These people who are like, no, we want you to explore. I go, no, I will. But then once I've done exploring, let me go back. To fast the traveling is a gift. It's a gift. And it's yes. so quick. Going from one map to the other, I can get through like one or two tooltips before I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, let's go. I actually read an article where Sucker Punch had to artificially inflate the loading time so people could get at least could get through at least one tooltip. That's crazy. I, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up because I did notice that the loading times were very fast. And like, obviously, this is another testament to not just Sucker Punch, but all of the first party Sony Interactive Studios that they've put a commitment to making gameplay a seamless experience between cutscenes, between traveling, all of that. And like, I feel like it was really interesting for me and why I kind of felt a little like puzzled that there was so much technically broken in certain parts of the game. But then like the idea that I can hot swap Jin's armor set in the middle of combat if I want to. <laughs> and he fully just like with a snap of fingers is fully in a different armor set. And then if I go into a cutscene, boom, it's all there with no loading was not lost on me. Right. Like that technical thing, I feel is something that a lot of gamers take for granted that they don't understand the amount of work that goes into being able to make that possible behind the scenes. And so I was like, why does all of that work? 
And then, like, all of this is just broken. So you got, like, a lot of little bit of futuristic gaming that you were wanting, right? And then they also just (laughs) broke the rest of it. But they tried it. It's so weird. Yes, yes. But overall, like, I wholeheartedly recommend Ghost of Tsushima. And I think that the game is awesome. And even though I have issues with it, I think, Britt, you make such a valid point of, like, if you love this setting, this idea of, you know, you know, Japan and samurais and like the Mongol invasion and like the historical significance of all of that and not to mention like just the beautiful aesthetic of this island in Japan and really just making me want to go to an onsen and making me want to travel to Japan. Um, I feel like this will speak to you in ways and if you have literally no desire to live in that world – I would say just save your money because the gameplay, I feel like, is going to be something you're going to get later on. Because when I said it's close to Assassin's Creed, I mean, I literally truly mean that. From the from the jumping to dodge rolling from from high up to prevent fall damage to the hiding in the tall grass, I'm like, oh my god, come on. <laughs> I do appreciate, Zompe, that you come in and you're like, yo, actually, Tenshu. I was like, yes, Obviously, yeah. but we haven't had a tenshu game in a hot fucking. Yeah, can, I mean, I'm old. I'm like, I'm like, ah, uh, I've been here, done that. Whenever I see something that's really radical and new, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I want to try this. I'm like the gamer that like just, I just want to be able to be fully immersed. And when I talk about like full immersion, I want to be immersed because it's a new experience. Uh, so for me, games that get like super redundant, like where they're doing the same thing over and over again, I get a little bit like, okay, we've had five Assassin's Creeds. Can we, and 27 Tomb Raiders, like, can you guys give me something fresh, you know? Gosh, I feel it's, I feel like it's almost reversed now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just feel like, I just feel like I want, I just want these game studios to just give, dig deep and give us something fresh, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also, they just cut back on the amount of times that I run into Mongols on the open road. Like, I just don't need that in my life. I can't stop and do standoffs with fucking everybody. It's like getting okay? diphtheria <laughs> on Oregon Trail. Like, chill, bro. Okay. Yeah. It's like, I upgraded my standoff tree right away to do the triple standoff. Because oh, I was like, smart. I can't. I can't deal with this anymore. And, like, I just, now I just run away. I'm like, no, I fucking just fought five of you, like, like literally 100 meters You back. don't get like, robbed that much in Baltimore. Calm down, everyone. <laughs> You know, like, God. Yeah, the only uh, time it's worth doing it is if they have a prisoner, because then they give you like a map location. But other than that, yeah, I was like, nope, I'm just gonna go off the beaten path. And then you watch them get eaten by bears. Keep your treasure. I don't. I don't 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 need anymore. I don't need your supplies. (laughs) Um. Okay, zombie. Let's talk about Dead by Daylight. So this is a game that has been around for a little while now, but it feels like it's having a resurgence right now. Okay. I am new to Dead by Daylight, right? So, like, I'm newer into the world. Apparently, it's a highly competitive game, guys. Like, it's oh, like yes. an esports league for people that love murder. So, like, I, <laughs> I like, you know, like, that's I, a great. That's a great way of yeah. It's it, like actually. all of the people that watch like serial killer documentaries and listen to true crime podcasts could play a video game. Like, that's. <laughs> I, and they're serious about it. There's whole Reddits. I don't know if y'all have seen them, but there are whole Reddits dedicated to like point systems for Dead by Daylight. It's intense. It's a little overwhelming if you're just somebody like me 
who just enjoys. I just the thrill of the moment of this game is so fun. Okay, I love games I can play with my friends. Right, I normally like to shoot shit with my friends. Obviously, you're not shooting anything in this game. You are running and panicking and being afraid for your life. And I'm I love it. I scream and I swear more than I usually do, which is a lot. So for those who don't know what the game is, can you kind of give us a brief overview okay, of it? Okay, brief overview. There's this creature called the Entity that's from an alternate realm that thrives off of the murder of others, right? Um, <laughs> and it brings into specific settings of various serial killers. There's like a nice little pool. There's like Michael Myers. What is it? Ghostface from Scream. The dude Pyramid Head from Silent Hill, like, there's, like, all kinds of murderers, okay? Like, peak caucasity. We love it. And then you get to be a survivor, and you and your friends have to finish fixing these generators to power a door to get away from the murderers. So dude's walking around, stabbing you, slashing, killing, hanging you on a hook and sacrificing you to the entity, and the entity thrives off of the, like, sport of the kill, the thrill of the kill. And if you make your show of death good enough, you know, you can either get away or at least it gets, like, a big... It gets its jollies from watching you get murdered badly. So in the game, you have to build up your skill set when you're a survivor. You get perks. You get little items that you can use, whether it be a toolbox, etc., to, like, repair the generators faster, etc., flashlight to blind a serial killer when they're coming to you, mm-hmm. you know, any kind of various items that you can get, you can kind of build those together. So that's kind of fun. And you and your friends can kind of work together with what you equip, right? Like, somebody can have a toolbox and be running around repairing the generators. Another person can have a toolbox and be running around knocking down hooks so that there's not places for them to hook you, you know, like... And you just kind of have to work. You have to work together. You you have to because the more you work together, the game actually can reward you with like altruism points and blood points, and then you can progress your levels. So, on the flip side of that, you can also kill your friends, and you can play as one of the serial killers. No, don't kill your friends. I. I'm a toxic fucking killer. I love it. I thrive off of it. I don't know. Something has jumped. You are the entity. Something has dropped. Like, it has jumped out of me that I didn't know was possible because I'm not like a horror games player. And I'm just like, kill everyone. Just in the most artfully way possible. Like, slice their throats. Don't let them get to the door. Like, I'm t- I am am a terrible. I camp people. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I have no shame. I camp the hooks so that people can't <laughs> save other people. I, 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 I just, I'm terrible. Like, fuck me. I'm a terrible killer. I don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't give a shit about anybody. I don't care if you're my best friend. I'm going to murder you in the game. Uh, <laughs> I like playing it with my homies because my heart races the entire time I'm playing the game. Some of the thrillers, uh, the killers have thrilling things like stealth mode where you can't hear them. When they're walking around or they can go invisible and then pop up next to you and slice you in the back. Uh, They can set booby traps that jump out of the ground and they can teleport to them. And it is horrible. Um, And they have really cool DLC. Like they have a Stranger Things DLC, which I love because I love Stranger Things like so much. And oh, I love Stranger Things, too. I didn't know they had a Stranger Things DLC. Buy it. Buy it. Buy it. Just buy it. Oh, I don't know. Because, like, I remember when this game came out, it gave me such Friday the 13th vibes. Because that game and 
Dead by Daylight were kind of yeah. out at the same time. But obviously, the Elphonic team moved on to work on Predator. And the Dead by Daylight team is like, yo, like, we're like fucking rocking and rolling over here, kicking out content and iterating on the game and smoothing out the bugs. And I just like look at Dead by Daylight as a much more intense Friday the 13th. And Friday the 13th was intense already. So I don't know. Just do it. I don't know if I could do, do it. Just do it. Watch a Disney movie funny, afterwards. You'll be fine. Because <laughs> Brittany would probably kill me. Brittany, Brittany would probably be like you, where she would just like sneak out of the ground and murder. Yeah. And it's really fun it's to do your action. Yeah. It's fun to do it. It's 100%. <laughs> like, yeah. It's great. not only that, it's great. like they have this new Silent Hill map and the Silent Hill killer that just came out as the DLC. So, Brittany, you would love that. But it is, I promise you, my community loves watching me play it because I, whoo, y'all, I be screaming. I, I, I get so, I shake. Like when there are certain killers, like Freddy's coming after me because Freddy does this weird thing where he traps you in a dream state and you can't shake yourself mentally out of the dream state. Like there's just all these weird things. There's the killer from Saw who puts like a thing on your head and you have to like put your hands into the doll and try to like unpuzzle yourself oh. so you can get out. No, why? Why do you do this I, to yourself? I don't know. I hate it. I actually... I get you. I hate I it. get you. I hate it. I, you feel me? I've never met someone like this before. So thank you for validating my feelings. I hate it. I also... I love scary movies, but I'm such a little bitch. I'm when I watch it, I have to like have I have oh. to have my eyes shut or I have to be really drunk. And everyone's like, "Why do you watch this?" I'm like, "I don't." I don't know. watch scary movies. Full <laughs> disclosure: um, there's enough oh. bad shit in the world. I'm not just out here putting in extra in my head. I've seen enough real. <laughs> There's a, y'all yeah. plot twist. People actually serial kill people. So like, I'm not out here no. like, ooh, serial killers because nigga, they real. You gotta watch like, the paranormal they're shit. Real. They're real mm-hmm. and they're terrible. And I don't know. Yeah, the, I don't like fan, paranormal shit either. Star. I really oh, no. don't like paranormal stuff. Like, I oh, just, shit. Firm line. Firm line. <laughs> firm line. Like, not gonna cross it. Not gonna mess with it. Uh, yeah. No, I'm trying to get to heaven one of these days. I'm not trying to fuck it up with all that crazy shit. Like, I, me and God, we gotta, we talk sometimes and he's like, don't do it. And I'm like, I bet. Okay. Like, I'm just not trying to be there. And so for me, this game is so out of character. I just am not the scary, like, I like zombies. I love zombies. Anything to do with zombies, fine. You know, but like real serial killers and stuff, horrible. And they do that in this game, and they do it well. Uh, I'm going to get a heart rate monitor for the game. I've been, like, trying to save up because I really want a heart rate monitor. Because I literally, y'all, I swear, I pee a little sometimes. I mean, it happens. You have three kids. <laughs> wait, you have wait, three wait, kids. So, I mean, the pee a little is, is normal, but, like... <laughs> Is there a thing now where on Twitch you can like have something like where it shows your yeah, heart rate? Yeah, you can have there's integrated software for heart rate uh stuff. You can I can tell you what it's called. I oh, mean like amazing. I definitely think we got to do this, Brittany. Oh, that's amazing. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. I can tell you. Hold on. Integrated. <laughs> I got to look it up. But yeah. Oh, I I am all the way into the idea that Brittany needs to try this. So like it's interesting talking about the difference between horror video games and horror movies because I'm like Brit when I I'm totally down to watch a good horror movie because I can plug my ears and sing a happy song when like stuff gets really intense yeah. and I can like make it go away but in a video game like you're in it you have to drive it you have to like have the agency and go through it and that is why I just have such a tough time with horror Same. games when we were doing 
when we were doing Outlast, I was no like, Outlast, no Outlast is tough. So there's a there's a widget called the Pulsoid, which is a heart rate widget for Twitch, YouTube, or Mixer. Which rip Mixer. So <laughs> shout out to Mixer Aww, died rip. today. Um, but yeah, you can add your heart rate monitor data to your live broadcast in real time. And so like my community loves watching me stream Dead by Daylight lately because they love how <laughs> if y'all think I'm real now, oh, that's watch me play Dead by Daylight. It's a hot mess. But anyways, uh, I really feel it. I, I get sweaty pits. Like I get so I'm clenching. My butt cheeks got rock hard butt nice. cheeks at this point um, from the amount of <laughs> clenching that has been done on the show. But I mean... It's a fun game, and it's a fun game like cooperative teamwork. Like, as you're fixing the generators, they explode in your face. If you don't do it right, if you don't hit check marks, they'll explode, which alerts the killers to where you are. And, oh. you know, when your friends mess them up, it's, yeah, it's like, mm. oh, okay, fuck my life, then. You just don't care if I live. Like, it's just, just <laughs> you just told the killer we were here. And then there's, like, other weird elements, like the environment that you're in and Twitch, like, like running over things knocking pallets down onto the killers to like try to get away from a run and then you're like limping because you've you've gotten stabbed and you're just trying to run you're dripping blood everywhere oh, it's so fun so scary but it's more thrilling than it is scary i feel more thrilled sure. the whole time um it's not one of those games that's just like so gory to a point that yeah. i have to eye bleach myself with like tangled afterwards or something you know like <laughs> That's my go-to. You're like, let's put on some SpongeBob. Yeah, I'm just like, whatever's on Disney Plus, go for it. Like, whatever, whatever. Can we watch, you know, The Mandalorian? I just need anything to get this queer eye. You know, queer eye is a go-to for me. It's oh yeah, queer eye. It's my go-to. Like, if I need to like get myself back together, queer eye is my go-to. It's my anxiety. It's my like real life Valium is queer eye for the straight guy. Oh, smart. Such but Dead by Taylor is just one of those games, and you can set and customize your own games, or you can just play with a bunch of randoms. The only downside to the game is the loading times. It's kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just takes forever, y'all. It's like eight minutes in. And it, what, when you say loading times, you mean like matchmaking, matchmaking and then loading like into the game. Loading. Loading. So it's like the matchmaking mm. is trash a lot. It's way better on PC than it was on Xbox. I'll say that. Don't recommend playing it on Xbox. It's just, it's, I don't know if it's, there's less people. Do you think that's because the game has been out for quite a while now and that their server populations are just low enough that they don't have a robust, you know, set of players to pull from to really increase those load I don't know because on on PC it's like popping, you know, like. But like multiplayer on PC always be popping. See, I'm new to PC. So like I'm new. I just got a PC a couple months ago. So now like I'm playing these games. I've been a Xbox girl forever. And Xbox loading for anything is like bruh, is this lobby going to mm. fill up? Like are we going to do this? Like <laughs> I could have had a snack. I could have you know, as a parent, I'm thinking of all the things. I could have had a mid nap like in the middle of this. No, no, no. The the moment that a lobby is making you think about what you could be doing with your time means Bad that news. their server populations yeah. are low. And this is why honestly co- crossplay is so important and I know that not every dev team can afford to implement crossplay, but like it really helps them bolster those populations on platforms that are like desperately needing it and I'm never going to be like, yo, have you considered PS4? Obviously, we got the new generation I, I coming have, up. It's I have a PS4. Now you're on. 
Well, I mean, there you go. But your PC clearly seems to be the way that yeah. it's at, and they have controller support. Yes, don't they, they really do, uh, and that's what I love so much because I thank you, Logitech, for sending me a new mouse because Logitech just sent me my first ever real mouse. Like because I hey! oh good, we love yeah. Logitech. Logitech has been a good friend to yeah, us. Good they uh, sent me stuff, which made me feel like I was a super cool person. Like. <laughs> Uh, you are so a super cool. They sent person. me this yeah. really fancy keyboard, which is like incredible. Ooh. And they sent me a mouse. Ooh, wait, wait, wait. Let's see it again. Let's see it again. Which this, one is that? Ooh, is that the G915? Yes, it is, madam. Girl, um, excuse me. We got oh, an keyboard. Shout out to Logitech. They just <laughs> sent me this last week. And they sent me a really cool mouse. So I was using controller all the time, but now I'm trying to be you know, fancy and lead. you I, are you going? Lead. Are you going over? I to think I might Master because race. I find myself oh. running. Uh, like I've gone through a lot of Xbox controllers. If I'm just being honest, 100. percent I have yeah. gone through seven Xbox controllers since last year. Seven. A lot of huh? that from a lot what? of that from Dead by Daylight from doing the stick motion when I played Dead by Daylight. The you have to wiggle and you have to wiggle the stick back and forth. And the other thing that breaks for me on my Xbox controllers is the audio jack for my headphones. So the audio jack won't work huh. anymore, but like the Xbox controller still works, but the audio jack has huh. come out. So like I have had so huh. many problems with That's that. That's so weird. Like with, it's and you know, I'm not having the fancy ones. These are like the $39 ones from Walmart, you know. Yeah. But they're the they're Xbox brand. I'm not Wait, wait, wait. So these aren't official No, these Xbox are official controllers. Xbox controllers. These Xbox sells a controller for thirty nine. Yeah, normally at like Walmart, you can get you can get stuff on sale. Like I'm normally like the hey, you know, it's the older controller, whatever. But the X, the audio mm-hmm. ports are my big complaint with the Xbox controller. And I don't know if it's because I use them so frequently. So because I'm a mom, I let my kids sometimes use my controllers. Blah blah blah. And then I have mm. to unplug my headphones because these are two hundred dollar headphones, and I don't want them using my headphones. So I unplug. Don't touch, yeah, my, don't shit. touch my shit. And so I plug in their cheap <laughs> little nine dollar headphones and unplug mine, and then plug it back in. And I think that I just use it too much. And the same with the stick. I've noticed a lot of like stick drift from me using it for Dead by Daylight because there's this big motion that you're doing while you're being carried by the killer, where you're trying to wiggle free, and you're wiggling, wiggling, wiggling stick back and forth and that's tough on your controller uh and so i've noticed with my mouse you know i can just kind of like do those same motions and my mouse isn't struggling so like your mouse is like i got this also this mouse also costs more than like five controllers put together so like you know it is what it is like (laughs) i i see the difference now though and and i am enjoying learning now could i play a first person shooter not yet i'm not i just don't Oh man, so hard! I'm the worst at shooters on PC. I just find myself staring at the enemy, and I don't know I, what to do. Usually, it's just click, but sometimes it's not. Yeah, and it's, just it's please bad. keep putting out controller support, guys. <laughs> like for yeah, us, it's, yes, it's the it's the strafing, and we talk about this all the time about the difference between learning shooters on sticks versus learning shooters on keyboard. And really, what it comes down to is camera control, right? Because like I feel like I can get pretty proficient with aiming and shooting with the mouse like that to me is like the easier part because we when you use a mouse that in regular like (laughs) spreadsheet mode or whatever like the (laughs) the the motion is not so different it's the strafing and the movement where i get flustered particularly like i remember when i was playing valorant with rihanna which is you know there's no controller support it's pc only mouse and keyboard if you want a controller go fuck yourself um and i'm like okay and so i'm like okay let's go like i I can do this 
And whenever I get in fu- under fire or I'm in duress or like it, like things start to get spicy, that's when I really like fall apart on mouse and keyboard because like I just don't have enough practice strafing with WASD to know like how I can like move, maneuver out of those situations. And that just takes time. And I'm just like, I don't know if I can commit years to get Bro, good. Bro, it took me years to get good with the controller. Y'all want me at 37 <laughs> to just start over? Like, uh, I just, I, I'm 37. I'm old, okay? Like, just oh give me God. a Super Nintendo controller and call it a day. Fuck like, yes. There you go. Give us two, three two buttons, buttons, man. We're I don't, good. you know, but I get it. I I get the idea of it, and I I feel like this game was actually a really good segue into using my uh, keyboard and mouse, and so. Mm-hmm. But it does have controller support. But I think it's a good segue into being a, like a beginner using the keyboard and mouse to just get used to like camera directions because you're running and looking for things and you're trying to fix things and you're doing stuff. It's a good one. It's just a, a damn good game. Well, I think that maybe. In our future, Brittany, we should try it just for funsies. Get one of those little uh, monitors. Zombie, would you be willing to shepherd us uh, through some magic? I would be honored. With the caveat that you can't team kill I us. I would be honored. Yeah. And I will team kill you after I've gotten you guys ready. To Damn the, it. I, after I've gotten. <laughs> That's after okay. After we've gotten ready. We'll do those matches later. We have to get you used to the game first because you're going to already be killed by toxic jerks. It's like Sea of Thieves. They're going to be douchebags waiting in the wings the second we get in the game. So. Oh, man. It's fun, though. It really helps you learn fast. You learn really quickly. You learn quick. (laughs) Don't trust anyone. The The griefing makes you better. Well, there's not really a bunch of griefing. It's more of like the killers being like, they just camp you so people can't come rescue you. And they do like stupid stuff. But like, as far as like team sabotaging, I don't think I've ever had someone just sabotage my gameplay. That's That's nice. That's good. Do they have private matches? Oh, good. Custom lobbies. Go. Custom it. lobbies all day. We'll just get some WGG members in, and then we'll have a, a nice fun time, and we'll kindly ask that people don't play like yeah. jerks. And it's really That'll it's really work. easy to do. And it really does make you this weird camaraderie when you're escaping a serial killer with your friends. <laughs> like... It's a bonding It really experience. is a quick bonder, though. Like, you learn really quickly to, like, work together with people. It's like, hey, she's already been hooked one time. Take the hit, take the hit, take the hit, take the hit for her. And, like, you feel really altruistic, and it just makes this inspiration of, like, man, here I am being Captain Savaho, and I'm cool with it. Like, I like it, you know? <laughs> um, that's like probably my favorite pull quote, and you've had some bangers tonight. I have to say, but Captain Savo, I think that's my it's yeah, a good takeaway. Good takeaway. I, was feel like, I feel like I gotta write this down, Captain. You know, that's me. You know, I I really like. I love it. I'm like, yes, let's get those extra points from saving my friends. Oh. <laughs> Yes. No, uh, I, I I think that that is awesome. I have um, burned so many calories working with you today, Zombie. You just make me fucking bro, I'm going to fucking six-pack after the shit. I'm over. not, but, you know, we could dream. We could dream. <laughs> <laughs> we could dream. You don't actually want I a six-pack. I'm a mom. I have maintain. a fupa, and I'm proud of it, baby. Let's just, like... <laughs> I have separated abdominal muscles from birth. Fuck with me if you want to. (laughs) Like, I don't care. Nope. Like, six packs are for people who got Yeah, six packs are for people who have time and motivation. All that says is you don't care about eating. And look, I care about it. (laughs) 
I'm committed. I don't cheat on eating. What am I? What is that? Quitters. 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 Uh, oh, my, my, my abdominal wall. Uh, so listen, this is oh. normally where we would take another break. But here's the problem, ladies and gentlemen. If we take a break now, the third segment's going to be very short compared to the first two segments. So I feel like we just, just keep rolling just and roll. talk about and talk about Miss Zombie Kills and everything that she is doing. And like we've obviously had some really great conversations. And what I think what I would love to hear from you, and I think is great for our audience to learn about you as a content creator, is kind of like how you got started in the space. So we've heard from you about how you used to do something else before you started streaming games. And you obviously are a full-time mom as every mother is. And you're like, yo, games are my passion and I want to make this a bigger part of my life. And so I would love to kind of hear like what kickstarted your journey. So I've been playing games my whole life. Uh, my mom and dad are both really young and they both really like games. Um, like I was the kid, I'm showing my age once again, I had an Atari, okay? I played Burger Time. Like it was my thing when I was five years old. Um, and I played games my whole life. I've always been that girl that was like one of the boys, you know, like my whole life. And I'm the oldest of eight girls. Um, I have eight little sisters. I'm 37. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wait, so your parents have nine Total, kids? Total, yes. And I and I'm the oh. oldest. Um, I am 37, and my youngest sister my youngest sister is 14. So like, I have a very big, very big, very spread out family. Um, I have always just used games as like a way for me to unwind and relax. I've been a makeup artist for 17 years of my life, a professional makeup artist. Um, so like, my tomboyness went into very artistic uh, girlness. It and then still the girl who did makeup and played video games and makeup is very similar to like streaming. Um, whereas like I talk to people, I kind of provide a service and like, I just enjoy kind of bebopping and vibing because makeup is like this weird thing. You can learn so much. It's very personal. It's like doing hair, hair and makeup are just so personal. People tell you all their crazy shit. Like <laughs> when yeah. you do that kind of stuff. And I kind of found the same thing happening with games. Like I would get into these conversations with people and sometimes I would be maybe the only black person they'd ever had a conversation with in gaming. Uh, and I started to realize that very quickly, um, cause I'm an activist all the time. I do a lot of prison reform work. I do a lot of work for birthing laws in my state. I'm part of a, I'm on the board of directors for justice and maternal support jams. Uh, I started to realize in this space that I was the only bit of brown that somebody might see in their day or here. I also started to realize like as a black woman, I was occupying a space that wasn't really filled with us. Um, and I started to see it as an opportunity uh, to start a conversation, to change a heart, maybe to open a mind, like to just, I don't know. You know how like Southern Christians are like, be the only Jesus that somebody might see that day, you know, like. I was kind of the only black person that these kids in the Call of Duty chat rooms were running into when they were throwing around the N-word. And I could be like, bro, like, you know, don't use that word. Like, here I am. Like, I'm a black person. And they're like, oh, you know, I didn't mean it that way. And it's like, well, you kind of did, asshole. And this is why this is wrong. Because I'm here and this space is for me just like this space is for you. And sometimes I had real conversations with people that were very awesome that you would change their mind and be like, holy crap, I didn't think about it, you know? 
I just said it because my friend said it. Or, I don't know, I've never talked to another black person before. Or, oh, I've never, you know, I, I didn't know women feel like that when we say stuff like this, you know. And I started to realize very quickly that this was something I wanted to do. Being a mama and staying home with my kids, um, I was starting to game a hell of a lot more. Like, <laughs> because... I need to escape my children. Um, but but not just that. <laughs> not just that, but... Listen, I'm sure parents out there are like... We, we fucking feel, feel it. You. Yeah, like I just started to realize like when they went to bed at night, I wanted to socialize. And when I was socializing, not only was I socializing on like a, yeah, bro, we're beating video games and having a good time, but I was able to use my activism and I was able to do that. And one of the things that really inspired me to start streaming was my 11 year old daughter, who is a Minecraft junkie. Her name is Phoenix. She's pretty dope. She was looking up black people that play Minecraft on YouTube. She was trying to find some black people to look at like black girls like her, because she was watching Ryan's toy review. I don't know if you guys know Ryan's toy review. Oh, yes, I've okay. seen him, and I'm very jealous of the wealth that yeah. he has amassed. Yeah, and so my page. kids were looking for kids that look like them, and we couldn't find anybody. We couldn't find any, like, black girl streamers on YouTube, like, that weren't streaming makeup, that weren't streaming fashion, hair, but that were, like, playing video games. And I thought to myself, I could do it. Like, I could be that. Like, this could be a space that I could vibe in and uh we started doing it and started on mixer in september of last year so i have not been doing this super long um and very quickly realized that this was a space i really really wanted to be in and that um, even though my voice is a little smaller <laughs> that it was an important one that needed to be heard and needed to be added to the discussion I think that representation matters and I am a fat and proud black woman and that my voice is very important in this space because not all gamers are thin white women with blue hair. Um, not all gamers are white dudes with blue hair. Shout out to Ninja. I like your hair lately. It does look kind of good. Um, but like, you know, <laughs> there are other options to what you watch and the content that you consume and the content that you consume can reflect you. Um and I started doing it and really just, I don't know, I fell into that gap. I fell into that space. And then I realized very quickly what a very small space it was for people like me. Um, and what, like, we make up 0.5% African-American women. Uh, it's like 0.05% of streamers. So it is a very small, <laughs> small percentage. Um and so now I've decided in this point in my career, I decided this a couple months ago when I was on Spawn on Me during the talk, uh, the lesson in blackness, that was, I decided I was going to take up more space and that I wanted to make more space for other black women to stand with me and other women. Shout out to all my ladies. I wanted to take up more space in this industry. And I've been trying really hard to do that for the past couple months. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, Everything you're saying is incredibly inspiring. And, like, I, I want to give one, like, quick thing before we talk about our, our mutual friend, Khalif, and saying, like, you something you said really touched on me of, like, you said, like, my voice is small in the space. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Your voice is not small. Your voice is just undiscovered. Yeah. People just don't know about your voice yeah. yet, but there to me is nothing small yeah. about the voice that what you're I am kind of loud. Just in, like, <laughs> 
You know, just even in the conversation this week that we've had tonight and this idea, like, you're like, yo, no, I'm real. Let's have a real fucking yes, conversation like, about things that matter to people and about things that people are afraid to talk about. Like, let's fucking just talk about it. And, like, that level of directness is something that I also love and appreciate yeah. because – it's just how I live my life. I'm like, I don't beat around the bush. I don't sugarcoat shit. And that's offensive. It's so offensive. It Seeing like, you take up space makes people uncomfortable. And we have to ask ourselves, why the fuck it does that? Like, why? And my stream is dedicated to that. If you've ever seen my content, guys, I talk about prison. I talk about human and civil rights. My daughter is a beautiful little soul who recently came out to me as a lesbian and she talked about it on my stream. She is 11 and held an AMA about her coming out story. Uh, oh my God. I know. She's like kind of rad. She's kind of rad. Uh, she's, it's going to make Aww. me tear up. See, y'all trying to make me cry. But like we talk about, <laughs> we talk about a lot of things on Sundays. I do self care sub days. <laughs> Uh, where I bring in people to help my community decompress and take care of themselves. So last week we had a clinical psychologist and we did an AMA. We talked to people about coping. We talked to, they could ask him questions about like their lives and their personal problems that they had going on. The week before that, we had a fitness expert and personal trainer come talk to us about like body health and maintaining ourselves as like streamers and during quarantine and like all kinds of other stuff. And I have an esthetician coming on soon to talk to us about skincare and like taking care of your skin and stuff like that. And so I do that every Sunday as like, I don't know what, like. I did oh not God. know that this is your Sunday <laughs> yes. stream. And I am like all the way obsessed with this idea. Every person you said, I've been like, oh my gosh, I need to go back and watch it's the so, It's I so good. It. It's so good. And I just want to talk about real things like <clears throat> depression, anxiety, suicide, <clears throat> prison finding your voice, representation, loving yourself and celebrating your wins was a big thing that we talked about recently um, because we feel so weird just being like, I'm killing it right now. Like, doesn't that sound weird even to say like, I'm killing it if you, because we've been trained yeah. to think that's like a selfish thing, but like we have right. to start. Yeah. That self-deprecation is. The yeah. Norm. That self-deprecation yeah. is such a thing. And I had a stream the other day because I had a breakdown uh, where I was feeling hard time celebrating my wins. Uh, like I couldn't vocalize or verbalize my wins to my friends because they weren't happy for me. And they were saying that I was winning because I was brown um, and that I was winning because it was Vogue to be brown. What? Yeah. And so they were like, people are paying attention to you right now because you're black. They wouldn't have never listened to you if you wouldn't have talked about being black. And they... These were people that I thought were close to me and my allies. Do you know what I'm saying? And so mm -hmm. I went through a little time where I was like really struggling with, is this real? You know, with the Black Lives Matter stuff, is this a thing? And I just hit the live button and started talking about it. Uh, and started talking about not celebrating shit, even though you know damn well you deserved it. And you know damn well your voice is valid mm -hmm. and that people like you for you. And uh, I just started working through that emotion live because that's kind of how we do it on my stream. And um, it resonated with a lot of people because sometimes it's shitty. <laughs> and sometimes you got to tell yourself, man, I'm badass. So let's talk about what I'm doing that's making me a winner right now. And I did. I did an entire stream where I talked about the dope shit that I got to be a part of and how fucking cool it felt 
to be a part of cool stuff and how pumped I was that Logitech noticed my little face and how awesome it was to get to work with Ubisoft and that I was going to celebrate those wins and I was going to really be happy for myself. And I wasn't just going to be happy for myself. I was going to clap myself right off the face of the earth. And then that was what inspired the self-care sub days because I realized how little self-care we actually do for ourselves. We don't water our own gardens. We're walking around watering everybody else and come home with the empty bucket. And uh, I realized that my community was full of people with empty buckets. I think the world is kind of full of people with empty buckets right now during all of this. And mental health is at an all-time, like, crazy. So that's what we do over there. We just... We do whatever feels right. I talk about things that sometimes don't feel right to talk about, but I welcome you to come in. Uh, I welcome you to come in with your questions and your honesty and your real emotions. Like, don't come in and be a fucking troll and say dumb shit because I will kick you out and not even feel a little bit bad about it. Like, oh, Nats. Nope. nope. You are speaking. Yeah, out I won't even way. feel bad. No I do nothing for hammer. tips. I do nothing for follows. I don't want you here no matter how much money you give me. If you're going to be toxic and not inclusive and not amazing, you can get to step in. And if I miss an opportunity because of it, it wasn't meant for me. Uh, and that's uh-huh. where I'm kind of at in my life. And that's kind of what my stream is about. I've recently decided that I'm not as heavily focused on the gaming. I'm more focused on just chatting um, because I feel like there's a need right now for a human connection that people aren't feeling like they're getting in their day-to-day life. Well, because we aren't. <laughs> it's Unless you're going to COVID parties, yeah. we're not. Uh, and no, don't and do so that. I've been finding myself talking more. And while gaming is the vehicle, you know, and like the streaming platform is a vehicle, I found myself having some of my most intimate like connections with humans through my just chatting streams and my activism. I did a prison AMA a couple days ago that was really great where I talked about the fact that I, surprise, was incarcerated at some point in my life and like what I went through being in prison and like stuff like that because people that you don't know you never know what they've been through you never know where they've been you got to talk to them about these things uh and we talked about sexual assault and we talked about a lot of things that people are afraid to speak on and in our industry right now i think secrets and shame uh control a lot of things and if you take away the shame from things you regain your power in a situation Um, And I don't have shame about who I am or the things that I do because I like me. Like, at the end of the day, I know that I'm a good human and I'm trying to do good things and just be a better person tomorrow than I was today. Because today might have been an off day or I could have just been real off. You know, I am trying to get to heaven. You know, like like I said, (laughs) we might not watching those scary movies. But, you know, like I just try to be really raw and. I'm out to connect and I'm out to represent. At the end of the day, I just want somebody to see me and be like, damn, like, I've been there. Uh, Also, she looks like me. Also, she talks like me. Um, She's not ninja at all. And I'm kind of glad about that, you know? Absolutely. I mean... I this is the first time besides the stream today, which is a really good time that you and I have really interacted. 
And we need people like you for a multitude of reasons, but your authenticity and the fact that Andrew's like Andrew said, and you've said, you just want to be raw and you want to be real. You want to talk about these things. And you're talking about how right now we need that human interaction. And for me personally, this whole year has just been, it's had its highs, but it's had very, very low lows. I'm quite comfortable saying this has been the hardest year of my life. And I too, am going through my own little mental struggles, you know, my mental health struggles. And I'm trying to you know, reading books and doing meditation. But if it weren't for people like you and, you know, we've worked with Take This in the past and our mantra has always been, it's okay to not be okay. Oh, yes. If it, you, you know, and that really helped me because this is the first time where I've really had to repeat that in my head over and over again and kind of get a grasp of it's okay. This is okay. I'm not doing great right now, but I'm not, I'm not alone. No. So just like a huge kudos to you because – I there are so many people out there that need that right now, and I think you're providing a service that, like, like you said, you can't you can't put a, the money on that at all. It's not even so five hundred million dollars. Not. I mean, I would put that on you if I could, <laughs> but I don't have that money. But I would, well, Spencer. Please. But seriously, like, it's it's really appreciated, and you are one of the most genuine people that oh. I feel like I've met in this industry and I'm really excited for you because I think you are going to just explode. Like you are such a joy to talk to and listen to talk. You know your shit and you know so much about so many different things and you're not trying to pussyfoot around and you're not trying to put on this facade of, oh my God, hey guys, welcome to my stream. (laughs) (laughs) So not that. I can't do that. No, (laughs) and that's what's so needed. Yeah, I want want you to feel that way and I'm really, that's so nice. Y'all are going to make me like tear up. I'm such a softy. God, I'm such a cancer. Um, you know, like <laughs> what? No, you stop it. Uh, You're not a I softie. Am. You, you just you just embrace your emotions. Yeah, like I an really adult. do. I really do. Plus, I didn't take my Valium today, so I'm extra. <laughs> I'm extra in there. <laughs> ah, medication is good, everyone. Medication's great. <laughs> Acknowledging your mental illness is fantastic. Um, but for real, like I, I just I feel like we can change the world. Uh, very small ways. We can dismantle white supremacy in very small ways. Uh, We can throw cogs in the wheel in very small ways. If I can change your heart today about something you might not have known about me or might have like judged somebody else and then you saw me and then you're like, holy crap, maybe I should rethink how I feel about that. We're changing the world. Like it's that simple. And people always make it like it has to be some big thing to change the world. And it doesn't change. Incremental change is so crucial to changing our world as it is around us. And that's why I work with the Mississippi Bail Fund Collective, because I want to bail people out year round, not just when we have protests. I think that people being in prison, uh, well, we should abolish prisons, but that's a whole nother thing. Uh, Like, I am just passionate about the things that I feel like will make our world better and will make us better because as people right now, all of us are kind of sick. And there's a lot of sickness and a lot of sadness and, it's okay to be sad as hell, y'all. Like, it's okay to listen to emo music. <laughs> I personally <laughs> prefer emo rap. Uh, it's my thing. You know, it's okay to, to cry. It's okay to put your stream down. It's okay to be vulnerable and be real. And I want to make that a normalized thing in our industry in particular, because I have felt more and more as I've become a streamer uh, that we need this. Uh When I got in the room with Logitech, which was funny, this is a funny story. He's like, so what do you want from this relationship with Logitech, right? Like, because that's what they, I guess they, they say to people. I don't know. I'm not, I haven't done this enough. I don't know. This is my first time. And I was literally like, 
I don't know. Can I just be honest? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, well, I've never done this before. I don't know what my value is to you as a company, but I, you know, I dig your stuff. I use your products all the time. I actually like them. Look at my shit. Here it is. I was like, you know, I, I'm just me and I don't know where like I stand for you guys as like this smaller streamer. Like what, what value do I bring to you? Like, what would you guys normally offer a streamer? And he's like, I mean, honestly, just tell me what you need. And he and he was just real with me. And he was like, I actually appreciate that you're just like, <laughs> I don't know what to ask. And because I was like, what should I ask for? I don't know. You tell me. And and he was just really real. And he's like, I just like this. And we just talked and had a good time and laughed. And, you know, and he was like, this was a great, you know, fun conversation. And I was like, yeah, I had fun, too, because we're just two people trying to figure crap out, you know. And I don't have this. uh industry shine yet i guess (laughs) i hope i don't ever get it i guess uh you know but and i've been your your industry shine will be in a class all it's gonna be me just swearing a lot with somebody in the dms (laughs) fucking right yes fucking right it's like that was me and brit like it's like i cannot fucking wait to kick it with you me neither bitch like i uh i just want to have that uh because i I don't know, man. It's lonely out here if you try to do this the way that I see these other people doing it. It doesn't seem like it's maintainable. Uh, It doesn't seem... I don't know. If I was selling y'all, hey, everybody, welcome to my stream. Positive vibes only. Guys, it's Thursday. We're going to do a subathon because I need 20 million subs. Like, fuck out of here. I don't know. Oh, he'd burn out. Uh, I, I take time off when I want time off. I, uh, I'm a, str- I'm a mom, but I also have lupus. So like I have, uh, an issue with my body and I listen to it. Unlike every other streamer out here. Who's like, I'm gonna do a 24 hour stream. I'm like, y'all get three hours and I'm out. Like, <laughs> I love mm-hmm. you, but I have to listen to me because I'm supposed to be what you're here for. Right. So like, if I can take care of me, we'll do good. And I've made it a thing. I don't play any set games on set days. Self-care sub days is my only set day is for Sundays. Other than that, uh, I stream Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, we just decided no Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays. Cause I think three days in a row for me to homeschool now, uh, is going to be good. Cause I'm homeschooling my children. Please help me. Uh, <laughs> Nobody wants to do this shit, but here we are because I don't want them to you know die. What? I pay the government to do this. What the I hell? just all I'm saying is I'm not a teacher. I'm just not. I'm not. I'm gonna be like, y'all read your shit yet? Like, have you got? Yeah, I just yeah. yeah. Okay. Like that's gonna be me. But like, yeah, that's what we do on my stream. That's who I want to be as a content creator. I don't really have anybody like I'm striving to be like. I guess. I have pockets that I'd like to I mean, to I certainly was not asking that. I feel like you are the people, you are the one people should oh, strive to Oh, stop it, stop like. it, stop yes. it. I'm yes. literally. Seriously. <laughs> just, uh, uh. Like, your voice is, is, like, and, like, I think that what Brittany was saying is so true is that, you know, we see so many content creators come through the space. And, like, I've seen, like, literally every fucking personality in the book, <laughs> starting from, like, my early days doing YouTube back in, like, 2006. You know, it's just, like, there's so many voices. The cacophony is deafening. <laughs> That's so, that <laughs> is so well put. Of how many, That's... like, assholes are, like, listen to me talk about the thing that I love. And it's just, like, there, there absolutely needs to be a space for all kinds of voices, but there's so many voices who are just saying the same thing. And the same thing that's empty and hollow. 
and there's a random few fucking diamonds in the rough and zombie. You are a fucking diamond uh, in the you, rough. Thank all right? you. Mm-hmm. It's so right? embarrassing, but thank you. I feel, I feel uh, shy. It's true, though. It's true. I'm, I it really true. hope to be there. Like, I just... Y'all, I don't want to be somebody. Please don't try to be like me. Uh, like, I just... Uh, <laughs> I just want to be better, like 5% better by next year and maybe 5% better the next year. You know, maybe have a 2% year so I could take a break. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I don't really have a set thing. I, I, I don't know who I'm looking at. I don't know where I want to be. I want to be here. I want to be in the space. I want to have a voice. Uh, you know, I want to do things. I want to play games. I want to have the opportunity. So if you're looking for somebody to like, you know. Do the real shit. Holler at me, like. <laughs> oh yes. Oh, trust me, we'll be that's hollering at you. Say. And I know, I know that Re is is bummed that she couldn't do the show tonight because she absolutely wants to to host some yeah. stuff with you. And uh, I mean, you know, before we wrap up the show, I feel like I I have to know how did you meet Khalif because. I think the way that we introduced you to our audience was by featuring and spotlighting Khalif's very poignant and powerful A Lesson in Blackness, which you mentioned earlier, and you were one of the featured guests on that. And that was the first time that I had had seen you on stream before. And Khalif and I have been friends for several years now, so I would love to know, like, kind of mm-hmm. how did you guys get synced okay, up? Okay, so my friend Corey and HD from Mixer told me about Khalif because he has a podcast called Bush boss rush games and he focuses on like a lot of nintendo stuff all kinds of stuff and me and Corey been playing games together since i started on mixer and Corey's always been very good about like amplifying my voice as a white man he's always been like hey i want to do an episode about representation you i want to do an episode about this you like you know he's just like you 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 and um khalif was somebody said you should follow khalif and like look at his stuff and so i followed him was consuming his content, started watching him. And then he said, anybody want to be on this episode and talk about this? And I was like, he's probably not going to pick me because I'm some obscure chick from Mixer that he doesn't really know who just likes all of his stuff. Um, But we had talked briefly once about like working together at some point, And that was like, I don't know, six months ago. And then I said, me, I'd like to. And he DM me. He's like, you're down to have this conversation? He's like, yeah, I really want to hear your your take on this. He's like, because I've, you know, because we follow each other and he sees my activism. I was not deep in streamer Twitter at that time. I was, I'm very deep in activism Twitter. I now have more streamer Twitter, like balance. But like, I had zero streamer Twitter at that point. I just had like Khalif and a couple of other good ones. <laughs> You know, and uh, that show just it. uh, Yeah, it went a little crazy. I feel like it was me being very, very real and very, very me. And it actually led to me moving to Twitch Um, because of the support that I felt from that show. And I realized that there was a space for black voices on Twitch, a space Mm -hmm. that I did not feel on Mixer at all. The fact that I felt like there was a diverse audience too was really rad because I didn't have that. I only had white people watching me with other white people on Mixer. And, you know, there was definitely a ceiling there. And Khalif just encouraged me. Like, he he DM'd me after the show, and he's like, 
we're going to go ahead and just try to get you Twitch partner, ma'am. So I'm going to need you to come over to Twitch. He's like, and we're going to do this. He's like, because you need to do this and you need to like really step into doing it. I know that you've been kind of on the fence, but like he's just the best encourager. We talk like once a week and he's just like, what are you doing? Do you need help? You know, like, do you need me to tell you something? And I'm like, I think I'm okay, bro. And then you know, I fumble some more. Um but, like, he's just an incredible human who gave me a platform to use my very loud uh, voice. And I was really mm. grateful for that moment because that moment kind of made all this happen. Like, I wouldn't be talking to you guys. And, like, I don't know. It's just incredible. I talked to your husband once in the DMs. Like, your your husband, Andrea, like, was like, a, yeah, oh, he, yeah? like... He was like, I really enjoyed your stuff. If there's anything I can do in my weird corner of the world, like holler at me. And he was like, super nice. I was like, holy crap. Like, these are such cool people. He's a a good man. Obviously. Look, I mean, hello. He married you. Like, shout out to good choices. Shout (laughs) out to good choices. I don't pick just one. Yeah, we don't. We don't just settle around these parts, baby. Um, (laughs) But like, he was nice. Talk to him. You know, like I all of a sudden had all these people that I, I, I don't think knew I existed have been asking me to be on their cool podcasts and come host cool Xbox, you know, reactions. And like, you know, I, I got to play games. I got to play hyperscape and I like, hopefully more cool stuff keeps happening. Cause I literally wake up every day and I'm like, is something else cool happening? Cause I cannot believe it's happening to me. I know that sounds really weird, but like, I, I know, feel so shocked every day. Like yeah, something it. cool happens. I'm just like, it's not a cool thing. Like, <laughs> And it's it's so awesome because it's so important to not lose that excitement. Ugh. You know, I think Andrew and I have been doing this for a very long time, and it's so crucial that you maintain that because that's what it's all about. We got into doing this because it's we love so it. cool. And I think if if like you were saying earlier, you burn yourself out, you take too much on, you're not authentic, you're not true to yourself, you're not going to love it anymore. And it's so important to take care of yourself. And like I said, I'm so excited for you. And I think, uh, yeah, like. I love, oh, I, so love so I love you guys. I love you guys. This was literally. We love you. Yeah, I love you guys. Listen, we could You're just so like fun. we could circle jerk for like, another, another fucking I'm, Yeah, I mean, you know, let's do it, everybody, go. right okay, now. Listen, like, we can we can do it. I'm just saying. But thank you guys for having me on. Thank you guys for listening to my voice. It's thank, our pleasure, uh, and I can't wait to have you uh, back. I oh, want to yeah. do so much stuff with you. We had so much uh, fun today. I had so much fun. Like I said, lurking in the chat. Like I want to do this dumb makeup stream where we take shots and paint on each other's faces. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm going to tell my Discord and they're going to be like, yes, bitch, now. Like, do it. they've been asking yes. me to do a makeup stream and this is going to be a whole new flip that they're going to love. Uh-huh. <laughs> Plot twist. Plot twist. It's so, not speaking me. Of, speaking of your Discord and your yeah. channel, where can people go find everything Zombie Kills? Zombie Kills on Twitter. Z O M B A E K I L L Z. Zombie Kills on Twitch. I'm literally everywhere the same name, same on Instagram. If you want to find my Discord, you can find it on my Twitch page. You know, join it. Don't be a douche. Uh, it's a safe space. Once again, if they're a What's Good Games fan, they yeah. know that we don't talk. No, we really don't. Uh, you know, if you wouldn't say it to your mama, that's my uh, my saying. If you ain't gonna say it to your mom, well, I know some of these kids get a little wild, but if you wouldn't say it to your mama, <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, don't say it to me because I will make you cry. Like I will make you cry. I will. I, <laughs> yes. I'm not proud of it, but it'll happen. But please uh, come join our community. Check me out. Give me a couple minutes of your time. If you dig what I'm doing, maybe hit the follow button. Don't just come follow me because you heard my voice. Come follow me because you like my voice and you want to continue to hear my voice. I would really love that. Um, 
I want to grow a really dope community of people that want to be here and are intentional with their kindness and with their like place, you know, like being intentional is something that I've been focusing on a lot. So come join my community, be intentional about being better. Let's do it. You know? Yeah. Yes. Amen. What a great way to end uh, a, a, a whopper of an episode. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much, Zombie Kills, for joining us today and for joining our live reacts. I can't wait to do more stuff with you. And we will see you guys very soon. Have a good weekend, everybody. Bye.